because I got a story for you. I mean, when a red-blooded, heterosexual white male gets to spend almost four hours with the drag queen of parody singing from Hawaii. And Dan. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But first, a word from today's sponsor, AndrePsyche.com. AndrePsyche.com is the cute, quaint corner store boutique with all sorts of neat and original merch you had no idea existed because AndrePsyche.com is tucked away in the northwest part of the internet. Let me give you a little preview of the plethora of potential purchases available for your perusal. Is that enough alliteration for you? We are talking about literature, clothing, paintings, prints, accessories, music, poetry, podcasts, even, or best of all, any custom gift that your soul could desire. How, you ask? Andre is a freelance creator extraordinaire. I mean, listen to his fucking music, y'all. Go to AndrePsyche.com and see what speaks to you because each and every item has a story behind it. Nothing is made. Everything is created on AndrePsyche.com. We are also brought to you by the Getting to Know You Pod. Take a moment right now and push the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever application you're listening to the Getting to Know You Pod on. And while you're at it, please rate and review the podcast, especially if you are listening on Apple. Also, if you haven't already, friend and follow the Getting to Know You Pod. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and the Twitter. Search us up. It's getting the number two. No, the letter U, pod, all one word. We do also have a Patreon. Again, it's all one word. Support starts with as little as $2 a month. So to do so, go to patreon.com, search up the Getting to Know You pod, and your support to monetize our efforts is very much appreciated. And finally, we are, speaking of monetization... That just sounded poorly. <laughs> but we are looking for sponsors and advertisers. So if you or someone you know has a business or brand and would like to expand your market reach, consider partnering with us. We get to know people from all around the world. The podcast is downloaded in over 35 countries and 42 states in America. So again, if you or someone you know, are looking to get more traffic to your site, more followers on your social, more purchases of your product, more clicks of your whatever, just message us. Our advertising rates are extremely reasonable, and we would love to partner with you. And now, getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you, getting to know all about I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. My cup of tea. On today's show, we are getting to know Candy Shell. 
and Candy Shell is coming to us from what I thought was California, but we're ter- what turned out to be Hawaii. Candy. Honolulu, Hawaii. God. And Candy, well, do I, I, I should have asked this in the green room. Um, do I have to always say, or should I always say Candy Shell? Or can I address you as Candy? Do you prefer Miss Shell? What? I like Her Highness, the beautiful, <laughs> most illustrious. No, you can call me Candy. That's my name. You can call me Candy Shell if you're taking role. And if you are the government, I'm Candace Michelle Shell. Oh, so Michelle's the middle name. And like that was what got printed on your uh, Trump check, huh? Uh, on my <laughs> Trump check? I didn't know I got a Trump check. <laughs> I always, I just, I don't know. I, I don't want to start off like super political, but it always like screws me up that like when Trump was kicking out the twelve or the $1,200 stimulus, he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa we can wait a couple of days as long as I get to put my name on it. And then like, I, I don't know. I'm sorry to get so political candy. I apologize. Oh Actually, goodness. Do, do you get political? That's, an, that's me personally. Yes. I mean, you know, every once in a while, I, I like to take all my political angst and channel it through art. Oh. And what sort of art is that? Paintbrushes? Performance? I, you know, every once in a while, I will do something with a paintbrush. But no, I write songs. I'm a singer and songwriter. Oh. Um, mostly, I am a uh, stealer, a song stealer. Um, I <laughs> I write parodies of popular music and um, other music that is um, less popular. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the tone at the end of the I steal music that might be less popular. Talk to me a little about that. Oh, no. I, I mean, you know, for a parody to be good, it's got to be a recognizable song. Right. So I just mean, you know, I I also dig into the, the annals uh, of old music to get some of my parody ideas. But, you know, people got to know the song. Otherwise, it's not going to be funny. Yeah, because... Or ex- I was thinking that, right? Like they expect the chorus, the melody, the beat or whatnot. Exactly. They're like, here it comes. What's she going to do with it? Okay, I approve or dumb bitch. Um, <laughs> but that's, you know, that's the the line that you ride when you're a woman in my position. Right? Like just just one slip away from being a weirder Al Yankovic. Did I you pull know, that off? Uh, I felt like I set that up pretty well. <laughs> Honey, I I would love to be anything close to Al Yankovic because, girl, he was making money off those songs. Dude, he was. And you're, you look so young, Candy, that I don't want to assume your age because I feel like you don't. I feel like somehow you fi- you're almost like Tom Brady where you figured out <laughs> how to not age. <laughs> Um, from what I've seen, I was just, I was just waiting for what the comparison would be. You're, you're so ageless. You're like Tom Brady. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I never really saw the resemblance, but I I felt sure not from a resemblance for, but maybe from a skincare, a toughness, a a skincare perspective, a a wrinkle free, like an overdone steak. And uh, no, 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 because Tom Brady, like he's avoided the crow eyes. I think he's 43 and he, I don't think he has like, 
Oh man, George Clooney. So George Clooney, Brad Pitt, right? Two iconic, just handsome men. And they hit an age and you're like, Brad Pitt and um, what was the Hollywood movie that just came out? Quentin Tarantino. Why do I not know the title? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So yes. Brad Pitt was trying to go for a younger role. And you could tell around the eyes. Like you can see the wrinkles and you're like, man, Brad, you're definitely more of a pit, right? Like you've fallen into the pit. <laughs> but Tom Brady has avoided falling into that pit, which is what I was referring to with you. Like if anyone sees any pictures of your Instagram, like you're wrinkle free, man, right? I'm I, I'm just still trying to understand why you're comparing me to all these men. I mean, they're all very attractive men. But I mean, have you been to my Instagram? Honey, I'm a woman. I am a gorgeous woman. I I I have gotten more gorgeous as time has gone the, on. The reason I am is because I'm trying to break down gender barriers and biases with if a woman wants to be ageless like a man or if a man wants to be ageless like a woman. I don't care about the gender. I care about the skin quality, Candy. Yeah, I care about the skin quality too. And that's why it's all about moisturizing. <laughs> I cannot endorse it enough. It seriously is uh, the reason that I wake up in the morning is to moisturize. I'm just like, mm, I feel it drying out. I got to get out of bed, do something about it. Is there, Jesus, and I don't even know where I was going originally when I said Tom Brady. I'll have to play that back because <laughs> now, but now, no, I mean, um, it's fine. It's like now, uh, candy shell, beautiful woman. Yes. Um, you remind me of Tom Brady, Wait. a little Tom Cruise. And no. Kind of oh my God. Liam Hemsworth. Well, I mean, thanks. No, no. Thanks. Well, so, and I don't. Hey, they're you, stars. And if you want to compare me to an Al Yankovic. I will, um, I'll, your, I'll yank your yank of it. I was hoping that would come. <laughs> um, but let me ask you this, Katie. When mm -hmm. I say at least at the, before I get into your um, secret moisturizing um, solution, mm -hmm. do you know, like, are you familiar? The Muffin Man? <laughs> I am familiar with the Muffin Man. Are um, you familiar with Tom Brady and like his, his regiment? Uh, I I didn't realize that he had a regimen, but oh. um, he is a sports man, and I know that, and I know his face, but I don't really know much beyond that. Gotcha. You know, he's he's like one of the hot guys, like Tom Cruise, or um, but with height, yes, right, exactly. <laughs> David Beckham, one of those guys. They're just like but the without hot guys. the bald spot. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. So that's why I got into that candy because part of um, Tom Brady's thing that's been coming up and I'm, I'm a huge sports guy and that's why I refer to it. It has nothing honestly to do with the gender thing. It has more to do with my limited scope of people who can remain ageless. And mm. that's something about Tom You're not a big Hollywood buff. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, superficial. I'm very shallow. You're I, I, I well, can't. No, I, I think. I mean, well, Hollywood's very superficial and shallow too. It's just right. you know we're all reading different magazines. Exactly, I, and I'm not even opening them. I'm barely skimming the covers. Right. But with sports, I do read and I do get into that, and that's why I was making it because 
Tom Brady's whole thing is you're 43, you're supposed to be done. And he has this whole TB12 thing. He's like, I never drink. I, I eat avocado ice cream once a month. I have a super diet and it all helps me. And they do these like morphing pictures of him. And I believe he's been in the NFL for 20 years. So they do these morphing pictures of his face and it's a timeline kind of a thing. And the dude literally looks to be getting younger as the years go on. And it, it can kind of blow your mind. You're like, how is that humanly possible? And I guess if he's really improving his diet like that and making all these changes. Exactly. He could be aging backward. Exactly. Which gets yeah, us to- I got to start doing some of that Tom Brady shit. I tell you what. <laughs> all you got to do, I'm sure if you Google TB12, you'd... um. It actually, you might. Is that his program? Is it, it like is. P90X? Dude, it, 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 he's fucking trademarked it, man. Or he's, he has candy. And it is like, that's his thing. And, but I would be worried about it if I were you because you may go, alt, like, you may go Uber Benjamin Button and all of a sudden you're going to be like a preteen. And <laughs> I'll then. I'll take it. What? I will take it. Benjamin Button me. <laughs> candy engine button me up and i will just turn back into a fetus and it's fine it's fine but what about your vocals as a fetus would you have the strength oh my gosh well by the time i'm like 11 i'll start having mariah carey vocals it'll be great (laughs) candy I got to know about this moisturizer because I'm getting to the point I'm out in the sun too much. Mm. I don't have that Honolulu sun, but I'm out in the sun a lot. And I feel like I'm a couple years away. I'm a couple more bad months away from just the point of no return. Okay. Well, so tell me, um, are you moisturizing now? No. Does sunscreen count as a moisturizer? Um, Sean, no, it does not. And, um, (laughs) I'm going to tell you all about moisturizer. Okay. So first of all, I, can I endorse brands here? I mean, I don't, no one's paying me. Please do. But I, you know, I like a moisturizer without too many ingredients. Um, Something that is all natural ingredients. I don't want a bunch of chemical names. Right. And um, there are a couple brands that I really like. One is Lush, and you can order that from anywhere. Um, and I love to start with a primer. Uh, it's like a little bar that you kind of, after you wash your face in the shower or whatever, uh, you get out, you towel dry, put all of this primer on, and then just a dot of your moisturizer on the forehead, the cheeks, under the eyes, nose, and of course you want to get the neck. And um, <laughs> and really, that's enough. That's enough. I don't do a bunch of like wacko magic creams or whatever that are supposed to turn back the clock. I just stick to the basics. It's, um, you know, it's like uh, brown rice and vegetables for your face. Can, and can, if can, you didn't know, that is a showgirls reference. And if you don't know what showgirls is, uh, it is a trashy, trashy movie with Jesse from Safe um, by the Bell. Safe by the Bell, and she's a fucking ninja. Like she'll cut your throat with a high heel, bitch. Yeah, Watch I out. mean, ninja is a, a very nice way to say it. <laughs> she is quite a ninja in that movie. Um, it's a, that movie has been called a trashter piece by by some. It, 
God, I want to go in so many directions at the moment. And when I start stuttering, it's because I have so many thoughts. My initial thought, let me go with my initial, because your initial thought should be what you go with, right? Primer, sure. Primer and foundation. Is there a (laughs) difference from a jargon standpoint? Am I looking at this the wrong way? Because when you say primer. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, so I'm just talking about, I'm talking about a skincare product. Not a makeup product. Now, primer in the makeup world is a totally different thing. And primer and foundation are indeed two different things. Oh, good for me. So so just to uh, give you a little DIY, FYI, a little um, (laughs) IUD, I am going to tell you how it works. So usually primer is either something that comes in a tube or a spray. And you put that on your face before you put any makeup on to basically protect your skin and kind of close your pores so that your pores aren't taking that makeup in. Now, can I pause you for a moment? Because when you say moisturizer and it's a pore closer, that's confusing to me to expose my ignorance. Okay. So the moisturizer is a totally different thing. Like the primer and the moisturizer, those things are just intended to keep your skin supple. But then when we go into putting our makeup on, we've already put our moisturizer and all that crap on, but then we're also going to spray this primer on top of that. And that is actually going to kind of close your pores. It literally, when I look at it, like the pores that are kind of next to my nose and even on my nose, they just sort of close up. I don't know how it works. Like a wax? It's, like a sealant? Like, it it looks like, it sort of looks like a cream and it comes in a tube huh. and it just sort of disappears on your skin. I don't know what it is. See, okay. I'm very, very natural with all of my skincare products because all the makeup crap that I put on my face, God only knows what's in that. <laughs> So you got to make sure whatever's touching the touching the goods is natural to seal exactly, you and protect you exactly. from everything that's I want to seal those pores. I want to get it nice and moist because I'm about to put a whole bunch of crazy chemicals on top and of it. Lord help you if that shit leaks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, can, oh. can we go to – and I, I'm interested in showgirls for a moment. And sure. I, I, don't, I don't want to guess your age at all, Candy, because again, in my mind, you're maybe 21, possibly 24. <laughs> okay. But can, you, wow. <laughs> can you talk to me about the first time that you saw Showgirls? Oh, I, I mean, the first time? I don't know if I've seen it that many times. I've probably seen it twice. And I've That's probably it? seen like various scenes around it because it's one of those uh, it's yeah. one of those movies that's just it used to be on cable a lot which right? is so odd because it's such a pornographic movie i'm like and wh-? then some and then they have to find these very creative ways of making it okay for you know tbs or whatever it's on <laughs> um so true of course cable feels like such a thing of the past now it feels so vintage to even think about watching cable that's that, I mean, like the eight o'clock Wednesday night, like primetime, like, do they even care about primetime at this point? No, right? it's like, it's all streaming now. Nobody gives a damn. I mean, I'm sure someone gives a damn, but yeah, but slowly, they're 70 and they're white males and they're upper class. Like those are the people who care about their CEOs. You think CEOs are watching TV? 
I think CEOs are the ones who care about watching TV, but I think they're wrong. I Probably think, if they're the CEOs of uh, cable companies, they're definitely worried about it. Yeah, no doubt. But so, dude, that's why I was amazed that you were able to quote it, though. I, I thought maybe the movie had some sort of influence on you. And to to set it up, and again, it's not about me. It's about you, Candy. So I apologize for taking your shine and spotlight. But Shine it on. Shine on. But I remember as I was a teenager, I believe I was a teen. I think I might have been a junior, senior in high school when Showgirls came out. And Perfect time for you to watch it. No, I, but I never did. But I only heard about it. This was the oh. issue. So people kept referencing it. And it was one of those like innuendo things. And I felt like it was the girls that I was associating with. I felt like they were using it as a barometer of my worthiness. Like if I oh. had seen it or if I knew what was going on with it, then I was in. I was VIP. Where if right. not, then you all of a sudden. You could probably perform cunnilingus. You know, it was like, it, it's just, I mean, and it kind of makes sense, really. It, it, it's it, like. When you look back, it really does. And I'm kind of ashamed of myself that I didn't find a way to find <laughs> out what, like to actually see the movie. But then it, it's almost like watching like Chucky or Freddy Krueger when you're like, whatever, 10, 15, 20 years removed. And you're like, what the fuck? Why, like, why was I scared? What the? Why was I scared? Dude, you watch Showgirls and you're like, she just had above clothing sex with a guy on her period. What? Like, this is what we're what This is what is <sighs> groundbreaking. Like, it's odd. So when did you finally watch it, Sean? Man, it might have been last night on Skinamax, to be honest no. with you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But it was not when you were back in high school. No, dude, it, it, Candy, it you maintained, was... You maintained your innocence. I maintained my showgirl virginity for abstinence, maybe is the better word, for... I think that's precious, to really. ...1530s, and then you're watching it, and then you're like, it, it's so hard to wrap your mind around how the story goes. And you know what else should be a kudos to showgirls? Biracial relationship early on. Kudos oh, to had, them. It had triracial violations. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was everything. It was all over the map. Dude, it was. So, I think the bottom line was Nomi Malone had, there was something going on with her really and no boundaries whatsoever. And I think the I think the moral of the story was to establish boundaries. And I hope that when she drove off into the sunset, passing um, the billboard of herself uh, in the um, dust, that she was going to make choices after that and maybe establish some boundaries. I don't know. Yeah, what has she become? That that's a great point because that's has, such a no wait. What is what is her name? What is her actual name? That's Elizabeth. Elizabeth is it Taylor? No, that's not right. Elizabeth <laughs> Bell. No, fuck. You're gonna make uh, me Google Candy. You're gonna make me Google, and then I feel like I'm gonna get a virus. Uh, no, I'm, I'm googling it myself okay. right now. It's Elizabeth Berkeley. Burke. I knew it was a B. All right. Yeah, Elizabeth Berkeley, and. Shout out Elizabeth Berkeley, Saved by the Bell, when she got addicted to pills for her desire in order to like pass yeah, the SATs. Yeah, she got addicted to those diet pills. Right? Like, I mean, that that was one of those like coming of age episodes for a whatever show. 
And then it's almost like Harry Potter wanting to strip himself on Broadway and just show his junk to be like, I'm no longer this character. And that's all I walked away from with Showgirls is like she is all in on just breaking out of the cocoon of Saved by the Bell. I agree. I totally agree. And I think she did it. I think she did. But what came of it for her, right? You can never really... uh, you can never really get past the fact that the public, when they're watching it, you know, when um, when people are watching um, Daniel Radcliffe take his penis out on Broadway, that that they're they're thinking that it's Harry Potter's penis. Really. It's a wand, and they're they, they also thinking they're also thinking that Jesse from Saved by the Bell has taken a very just bad turn in her life yeah the diet pills turned into an opioid exactly addiction. they're and, like and di- diet pills <laughs> i'm never doing diet pills it's when it gets the the reboot or when it like gets back on netflix and like the whatever 12 year olds start watching it and then they you know whatever imdb her and see showgirls are like oh god that's what it leads to never <laughs> never but no, dude, her leaving Vegas, that, that's a great point because it's very like Thelma and Louise-ish where you're going off the cliff. Except, except she doesn't she doesn't kill herself. Exactly. In the end. It's that optimistic. We know but there's hella fingerprints in there. I'm sure there's hella fluids in there. How are you not getting <laughs> caught? Right? Wait. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I forgot. I forgot. Does she do a bunch of illegal stuff before she leaves? No, that would make sense. I I don't think it was quite like Sharon Stone basic instinct, like ice pick illegal stuff. Did she kill somebody? Dude, I maybe again, it's been a while. Um, but I'm almost positive she does this back kick, and that's what I was getting at, dude. She has this high heel oh, razor right. blade she and she slices his throat. That's when the, she's that's got the that ponytail on top of her head that she's whipping around. Climax on climax, man. Yes. And that movie has so many good drag queen lines in it. You know, it's it's because drag queens, I mean, and the the men that become them, um, love they just love a powerful woman in a movie that has one-liners. You know, just like straight guys, like That's action movies said. where the where the guys have all the one-liners, right? Yeah, I, I feel... But I think there's, I think it's, um, I don't remember the name of the the woman in it, but she's, when she's um, getting her nails done or whatever, and she says, I think I'm getting a little old for that hoary look. And I just, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I love that movie. So that's in Showgirls as well. I think I'm getting a little too old for that hoary look. Yes, uh, there's. Oh my gosh, I I I hate talking about movies that I like barely remember. I'm like, um, yeah, and I think there was this one part where there is another person (laughs) that also said something. Um, let's talk about something I do know something about. Aside from makeup, what would that be? (laughs) <laughs> wow it's like no, no no shots fired i'm just because again haven't spoken to you before so i don't want to set what you up this, it, what is this mansplaining right? going on i know oh, besides I, makeup God. and high heels as soon as know? i said it as soon as i said it i regretted it it was like <laughs> fuck man can you can you live edit and just get it out it's it's <laughs> it was it's quite all right it i was understand me, it was me trying to i guess in a very prickish way say what would you like to speak about (laughs) um prickish i like that that's very um it's kind of a 17th century it's like 
he was a prickish lad. Um, uh, well, okay. Well, what has been taking up all of my mental energy lately Please. is writing this new song. Um, I am working on uh, a parody of um, Mamma Mia by uh, ABBA. Do you know it? So I believe, I, I again, much like Showgirls, I don't know if I would say I know the whole two hours of showgirls or four minutes of the song, but I've seen Mamma Mia and I feel like I would know the chorus. You'd know the song. Mamma Mia, here I go again. Yes. Yes. And I would sing it just like you did with the ba-ba-ba-ba-bee-boo. Like I couldn't karaoke it without the lyrics. And Um, that's all you need for a parody to stick, really. That's a great point. People just have to like be able to bob along and then enjoy the the story that you're spinning for them. And so, um, you know, I've written a lot of different songs on a lot of different topics, some of them political, uh, but this, this song, I really, I wanted to get away from all the politics and talk about something that we can all relate to. Um, And so I turned Mama Mia into diarrhea. (laughs) <laughs> do the syllables match mama mia diarrhea oh my god they do oh of that's... course I'm a professional and uh, i i have syllabic matches down to a science in the videos no, did, i did... I've, I've actually been working um with my husband on this song and he's been so helpful i it, am i wrong to immediately think of how you're involving toilets in this song. Cause that's exactly where my mind went. Is to toilets? To toilets. <laughs> yes. You know, and I that's feel ashamed. the beauty I feel of ashamed. creativity and uh, collaboration because Sean, there isn't, there's a lot of diarrhea in this song, but there's not a single toilet in it. <laughs> no, no. How do not you? A, how not you, a toilet to be found, actually. How do you make that happen, Candy, with diarrhea? How, how do you make that happen? Well, you don't do it on purpose. <laughs> it's it's a situation that you get caught in, and then you just survive. <laughs> but, um, you know, I feel like, what? what? I mean, it's... I, I feel like we should destigmatize uh, crapping our pants because everybody's done it at least once in their life. And and if you haven't, listeners out there, I just want you to know it's going to happen to you. And it's probably going to happen today. You're going to shit your pants and um, and you'll say thank you, Candy Shell, for um, just preparing me for this moment. <sighs> so Better what, clean myself up. What? How, <laughs> if if you're walking around with the survival pack in your wallet, in your fanny pack, in your purse, in your whatever, are, are we going white bees? Are we going spare, spare draws? Like, what are we pre- doing? You can't be prepared for that. Fortunately, in, in my, in my song, it happens um, close to the ocean and I'm wearing a swimsuit. So I, I was able to, oh God, able to just take care of business, but really it's all, uh, it's all a story that I'm telling. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say that I'm not drawing from personal experience, but, um, you know, (laughs) you you may, you may fudge some facts to make the song work. Right. 
all I got from that candy was COVID almost decimated travel to Hawaii and Mamma mm. Mia diarrhea parody with you going to the ocean. It may be completely <laughs> over for Honolulu. It that that may be a complete wrap. <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah, I um, gosh, oh gosh, you of don't all weigh, the topics. You do don't I? weigh the personal responsibility for tourism when you're selecting topics to parody. I'm shocked. I, I I mean, you know, I try my best not to openly offend any person or group of people, uh, but you can't please everybody. And your bowels definitely don't care about everybody. They care about one person. They, themselves, really. (laughs) (laughs) That's all they care about is themselves. Selfish little bowels. Um, (laughs) selfish little bow how did that not make it into show usually my songs are not this gross like this is really one of my grossest numbers um i i did a song right before this one uh that was zoom party and uh uh it was a parody of a brand new song the lady gaga song rain on me and um and so it was instead of rain on me it was zoom party and um i all these people uh, in Honolulu and um, and even on the Big Island and a few friends from the mainland contributed videos. And so I it was just it was such a cool experience. But, yeah, there's a, a music video for that one. And I'm very proud of it. I Do you go around can't like is this something on the island when you perform people expect you to perform these parodies or do they expect you more to like karaoke the originals? Oh no, I think I'm I'm known for my parodies. So gotcha. people expect to at least hear one if they come to one of my shows. And and generally, you know, like before the world was on fire, like <laughs> I would um I would be the host of the show but also kind of performing intermittently throughout the whole thing, but with, you know, like three or four guests. Gotcha. Man, how do you, do you just go for like long drives, long jogs, or, or do you have an elliptical and you're just like steady scrolling through Spotify playlists in order to remind, remind yourself of all these songs? How are you getting the inspiration and choice of songs? You know, I think that songs, the inspiration happens in all different ways, but usually you have to be inspired about the chorus because the chorus is the meat and potatoes of the song. That's what Mm. everybody remembers. That is, it's the part of the song that's got to be good. It's got to be memorable. And so you want to make sure that you've got a good play on words or a concept that works with the chorus. And then you can just build out from there. I think, I think, but sometimes, you know, like, um, like I did one, uh, total eclipse of the heart and oh, great it's, song. Um, God, I love and that it's, song. but it's, it is a long song. Like that song is epic. And, um, so, but it, I, every time I heard that song, I would always hear turn around dumbass and, um, <laughs> turn around dumbass. And so, um, and I just knew that someday I wanted to make 
that happened. So the song is totally totaled your car, but (laughs) it's this long story that, that it takes the whole song to basically get to totally totaled your car. That's one of my, that's one of my storytelling songs for when I have a seated audience or a captive zoom party audience. I, again, my mind, this candy, if I can just be vulnerable and reflect with you for a moment, because I be feel like vulnerable, please, because I feel like you care, right? I um, care. This is where I get into a bit of a conundrum as feeling like a podcast host, because my mind goes in 40 different directions and it's very hard for me to make an immediate choice. Um, that's why you should always have a pad of paper in front of you so you can jot things down and be like, I'll come back to that. Thank you. You know what? I, I, I need a better system. If anything, if I get away, if I take away anything aside from the fact that, wait, do, are these things, are, are your parodies on like Spotify, iHeart, or are they just on um, your Instagram? How, how, so- so right now you can watch most of my content through my YouTube, okay. which is just youtube.com slash the sweet spot with candy shell and candy <laughs> is spelled with an I. Otherwise everything is spelled normally. Got you. Yeah. So that's hard for me, candy. I got to be honest with you. I, I, I candy need... with an I is hard for you. It, it Well, yeah, it's, it's definitely Jolly Rancher ish because I can't roll down the road to YouTube. <laughs> I can't. I need you on Spotify. I need you on SoundCloud. I I need you on iTunes. I need you in my radio, Candy, so I can jam to this. Sean, this enthusiasm, I'm into it. I Um, I try to bring the energy. Despite the hour, I try to bring the energy. (laughs) I appreciate it. Wait, what's the hour? What's the hour where you are? For me, 944. 944. Wow. I'm not going to ask your age either, but if you're having trouble bringing the energy at 944. I'm not. That's what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> oh but the reference. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, you put me in a spot. Damn, Candy. So now you're calling me out. And now, you know no, what? Uh, no, it's so funny because you told me, um, you mentioned Tom Brady, and I am actually one year older than Tom Brady. Stop it, Candy. I am. You know when candy lies, it breaks. It's, You're aware of that. When candy it lies, crack, it cracks. I don't lie. <laughs> I ain't lying. Can, then we're gonna definitely have to get back to this like moisturizing. We're gonna have I to know. do almost you need like your an, own regimen, honey. An infomercial regiment thing because you know what I rely on facial hair. That's what I do. I'm like, you know what? If I can get a good two, three day gruff going and maybe trim it up, it'll take away from the wrinkles, and I'm good. And that's how yeah, I try to hide my but you my can't age. grow facial hair on your eyes. And See? so... <laughs> no, you're right. But I, I try to distract. So... Oh, you just look away. Exactly. Look down here. Look over here. You go with the, you go with the sunglasses. Well, well, it's raining out, Sean. Yeah, they're prescription, you know. And like, you find ways. You find ways to get around the observations. I love that. I love that. But I think we need to get you into a really cute moisturizing system that, um, (laughs) that doesn't feel like a chore, you know, that feels Um, like you're, you know, giving yourself some self care. Just 10 minutes, right? Like just 10 minutes of making me feel not even for me. It happens in like two, three minutes. Maybe I'm like, zoop, 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 jumpa, 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 and I'm done. 
man, if I could just make it and 10 minutes to me was generous. If I could just make it two or three, I feel like you can do be it. record breaking for me. I'll send you the links. I'll send you the links <laughs> for all the stuff. I'll tell you when to do it. It'll be worry free. I would, um, as long as it's affordable, I would absolutely love that to be honest with I you. I think it's affordable. Yeah. I don't, yeah, no, the, the stuff, the stuff that I use, it's again, that's what I'm saying. I, I think when you spend like tons of money, it's usually like, oh, this has the, the F-16 Unabomber. Um, what am I talking about? <laughs> and then it just, uh, I actually heard something about the Unabomber today as well, which is hilarious, but you're right. When those chemicals, like they get compounded. <laughs> And it like, so dude, random. you, you, you box those chemicals in with a fountain. Maybe you spray foundation the wrong way and your face goes on fire because you've caused a chemical reaction. And well, now I'm like, who do sudden- you think's coming up with all these chemicals to begin with? It's probably happening in some military lab and they're like, oh, this really tightens the skin. And so, you know, and then they sell it to Estee Lauder. Why would the military... <laughs> Who's in the military? That's almost like NASA stumbling across like, well, we were trying to go with a application that's like a paste on we were trying to develop some kind of waterproof seal and we found that it's actually a really great moisturizer. God, I look five years younger. Poke (laughs) this away. Let me save this file. (laughs) Like the military application is like what? Like Fellas, if a bomb is about to explode, we have this great spray that will make you impervious. <laughs> and then like the guys, the army rangers are out there. And then four days later, they're like, you know, my skin's never felt so moist. Exactly. <laughs> and then and it becomes a product. You know, if that scientist was smart, they would leave the military immediately and take it to the private sector. It's all about the private sector, Candy. It's all about, you know, cause otherwise sector. he's going to get screwed out of all of that research. You have no royalties, right? You have no creative <sighs> control. No, um, no efficacy, no agency in the world. They have just stolen your ideas completely. Professor honeydew and they whatever act, his name is. Oh my God. You were taught by professor honeydew too. Cause I loved I, his, Oh, yeah. Class. Him and Beaker. <laughs> Him and Beaker. His TA. His Beaker TA. <laughs> I can actually do a pretty good Beaker impression, but it's it's totally lost on you because you can't see me. But it's it's really like a it's a facial impression because anyone can say me, 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 you know, but but if you can do the face also, then I think it's worth something. Do you do the hair as well? when you do the Beaker impression. I don't, but that's a great idea. <laughs> I didn't know I've that never was... done it full on. It's always just right. been, you know, like a party trick, but not a, not a full Beaker look. Yeah. Well, that would be like the true Tonight David on the runway, Candy Shell is serving full Beaker realness. Right. Me, 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 she says. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, there's a quick twist, a little smoke bomb, and then it's boom, Beaker. <laughs> <laughs> It's just Beaker. It's just... And it's Beaker. And everybody moans and they're like, we didn't come for this. I don't understand what's <laughs> happening. Oh my gosh. How? Jesus. Candy, so... Candy, you have got to keep me on focus right now. Um, oh. I need your song, Spotify. You. That's right. We we're getting back to it. You were making fun of me for acting like I'm doing great at 949 with energy. And you hit me with the dad joke. 
which I appreciate. Hit me with your dad joke. Oh my God. I think we just wrote a new one. That's timeless. I am writing it down. I'm writing it down right now. Can I get some sort of credit? Why don't you hit me with your dad joke? (laughs) Hit me with your dad joke. I'll fire away. Yeah, I mean, it's like you barely have to change anything, but it has to be dad jokes all the way through the song. Right, and then like the actual lines. But what are the lines to that song? I I don't remember anything. God, you are so right about the chorus. How does it Like you really... You are so correct with it is all about the chorus because you exactly because you got to build to that and that's and yeah. your chorus is always you know if if you're like a writer then you know that you're whatever you're writing you have to have a main idea and you you start the piece of writing by telling them what your main idea is and then you explain it in three different ways and then you come back and you say it to them again and the chorus is basically your chance in the song to give them the main idea right i'm all out of love i'm so lost without you you know i mean and that is what i want to tell you this is the heart of the song mm-hmm yeah i don't know i don't even know where that song came from i really don't know who actually sings that song i don't either but it's amazing it seems like chicago or maybe journey i couldn't even put the age on i wanted to go 80s but then i started going like guns and roses but that's more oh my gosh now i gotta look at i'm all out of love it's air supply oh wow did they have a second song they got songs. That's Air almost, supply. Dude, that's almost like the Rain in Africa song. Have you parodied Rain in Africa? What is that I song? I have not. Is that even? Yes. Yes. Is that even parodyable? Is that the? Would that be the hardest parody song ever? No, I think uh, it would actually be really easy because I would pre-record all because it's got it's just tons of layered vocals. And so it would actually be a really easy song in terms of live performance because you'd be performing with just like a a cushion of harmonized vocals. And um, that always makes everyone sound good. Cushion is great. I was thinking cushion. I was thinking of the let me see if I can say this word right this late at night after this many drinks rap. Pissity of <laughs> syllables <laughs> in the African rain. <laughs> like when I hear that song, I'm like rapidity. <laughs> the rapidness, rapidity. <laughs> rapidity. No, not the rapidity, because I feel like you have to repeat a certain sound for that. The rapidity. No, the rapidicity. Oh, that's oh, what it rap- is. Rapidicity. Rapidicity. <laughs> Candy, you gotta roll with me on that. I feel like I mean I'm trying. I am trying. (laughs) But like, no, that that's a song where I'm like, it just come, it it just boom, 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 boom. It's so much, so quick. It would be very hard for me to fill. You're talking about Africa, yes. Someone covered that recently and it was really good. I think it was uh, like Foo Fighters or somebody, Weezer. Weezer covered that recently and it's so good. But what would be the parody is my question. I feel- Of Africa. Well, let me look at the lyrics and I'm just going to do it right here on the spot. Right here on the show. So, well, 
it's funny because there aren't really that many words to it. It's just repeated a lot. But the chorus is, it's going to take a lot to drag me away from you. There's nothing that a hundred men or more could ever do. I bless the rains down in Africa. Going to take some time to do the things we never had. You know, I always wondered about that line, too, because I'm like, that doesn't really make any sense. You're going to take some time to do the things you never did. You're not going to take some time to do the things you never had because that doesn't make any fucking sense. But, you know, that's the great thing about music is that it doesn't have to make sense. Well, That's the beauty of that song is when you look at the lyrics and it's been a while, but I remember having this conversation and I forgot what the lyrics were that hundred men or more can, you're like, well, why then if a hundred men can't take you away from it, then why the fuck are you not getting it done, man? Like if if you can deal, if you can deal with a hundred, like you can battle off 99 guys and the hundred is the camel that, or the straw that broke the camel's back. Like what the fuck are you not accomplishing dude while you're beating off 99 guys, mortal Kombat style. I don't get it. Right. Beaten off really probably being the operable term there. He's just, he's, he's just a bunch of wind. And, and you know, that's great. Melodramatic people, have a career choice and it's songwriting hyperbolic oh there's another good word exactly it's it's i live in the world of hyperbole there is i love the rain can can you sing the rain part for me because i don't want to sing i don't want to embarrass myself Uh, you actually have skill the rain part yeah isn't that like i love the rain see you fucking tricked me into singing candy and now you're gonna make fun of me for oh no that's at the end I bless the rains down in Africa. Yes. yes. Gonna so, take some time to do. I don't know how that part. To, Things we never Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Dude, nailed it. So what, and this is actually a really good thing. So if you have not thought of this song before, what in the song, where are you gravitating to work from the inside out on? See, that's the, that's the tough thing about this right? song too, is that right? it's like, there's this, this song is Africa by Toto. That is, is it's a very poetic song. And Stop it, giving them um, credit, Candy. You're just too kind. Stop giving them credit. Poetic. No, it, I think it's a gorgeous song. Is it the, I, I, it, so, there, there's a reason that this song lives in the, uh, you know, in the annals of, of songwriting and people keep listening to it. So I don't challenge many people on things, especially when I know I'll be proven wrong, but I'm going to challenge you knowing <laughs> okay, that you're going to, pro- knowing that you're going to prove me wrong, Candy. When I go poetic, I go lyrics, mm-hmm. this uh-huh. song, and we just, Again, we don't know the lyrics to this song. <laughs> I, no, I'm looking at them well, right no, now. Yeah, you are. But right, like we said two lines and we we're like, dude, that makes no fucking sense. So from that a poetic standpoint, I'm looking at it and I'm like, nah, man. What it is to <laughs> me is it's more the music, the melody, the harmonizing, the layers, which you educated me to, are what make it. But if feel you, the the vibe, the tone, it's but, romantic, but dude. When was the last time someone busted this shit out in karaoke and got like the standing ovation or won the karaoke five hundred dollar prize? No time recently, because ain't nobody going to karaoke. Never. Well, okay, <laughs> but right, like I, that's why I don't feel but, it's you know poetic. it's so funny that you bring that up because I used to be a karaoke host in New York. No way. Um, 
And now you're in Hawaii. And now I'm in Hawaii. And uh, I would say that this this would not be a song that you would not hear. Wait, too many double negatives in that for me. So you You, would hear hear this song. You might hear this song. Stop, people. But I but I also hosted a weird karaoke. It was for all the all the all the broken toys to gather and and uh, play together. I hear the drums echoing tonight. Oh, I'm, you're I'm, reading I'm just, the lines. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, you know what I am? I'm poeticizing. Oh, okay. I hear the drums echoing tonight. But she hears only whispers of some quiet conversation. She's coming in 1230 flight. The moonlit wings reflect the stars that guide me towards salvation. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. I stopped an old man along the way, hoping to find some long forgotten words or ancient melodies. He turned to me as if to say, hurry boy, it's waiting there for you. Now, if that's not poetic, I don't know what is. It is. It does not sound like a pop song. You got to admit that. God. Like, you don't usually hear. Uh, you. When do you ever hear a pop song that refers to an old man talking about long forgotten words and ancient melodies? Never. That yeah. is poetic. Actually, I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's good poetry, and I'm not. I, I'm really. I'm not making any judgments on it. But it is. I think it's very poetic and romantic for a pop song. So I'm making two judgments. One, it was written by a Catholic priest hoping to come across someone. Uh, apparently a younger kid on a desolate road that is this a fun fact <laughs> um, two, what are you doing to these poor songwriters two, this poor deep cake and deep porcaro candy i am really pissed off that you're winning this argument because the more i'm looking it's gonna take me a lot it's gonna take a lot to drag me away from you there's it nothing is going to be hard that a hundred men or more could ever do. I, oh, I bless the rains down in Africa. Going to take time to do the things we never had. The wild what the hell does that cry mean? out in the night as they and grow why does restless. He bless, why does he bless the rains down in Africa for some solitary companion? I mean, you got a little alliteration in there. As sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus. What the fuck? Guys, he's I've really seen... gonna read the whole song. No, I'm, I'm not. But I've never, <laughs> I've never broken it down like analytically. And now I'm like, I. I've... So here's where my mind goes, Candy. And I don't know if you'll enjoy this or not. But I'm, I'm all about. I'm sure I will. I'm all about cheating in school. And I oh really goodness. wonder how many tenth and eleventh graders are squandering the opportunity in some like poetry class. To grab songs, obscure songs from the 80s, and just rewrite the lyrics as their own poems. And Honey, don't fuck, with, don't fuck with the high school poetry teacher because she's going to know those songs. <laughs> You're going to be like, oh, this is so obscure. Who's ever heard of Toto? And then the, she's like, um, yeah. And the next line is, it's going to take me a lot to drag me away from you. Anyway. Um <laughs> That's so true, because if you're teaching poetry in high school, you've definitely listened to Toto and a lot of music in your life. Oh my goodness, poetry. Are you you a poet? 
fuck. I'm not because I wanted to follow up what you just said there is yes, but I don't know it. And I feel like that disqualifies <laughs> me from being a poet. <laughs> just the fact that I'm that That you dude, don't know it. That I'm that corny of a dude. The, I mean, that. you're yeah, hit me with your dad jokes. I think exactly. that is. That, I think you just, you need a button that you can just hit that has me saying, hit me with your dad jokes. Oh my God. So, I Wait, um, just do, a little Miss Piggy moment here. <laughs> <laughs> Candy, can you, because that actually may be a thing going forward on the Getting to Know You pod. Can you oh. do that? No, seriously. Can you do, you do want that? Me to, do you want a couple takes? I'm I, happy to deliver. That is what I'm here for. Without me interrupting, I would love a take that maybe I could clip. So yes, please, Candy, okay. can I get a good solid take? Silence, please. Hit me with your dad jokes. Why don't you hit me with your dad jokes? Hit me with your dad jokes. Fire away. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> Fucking glorious, Candy. <laughs> it was. Oh glorious. my gosh. Um, so it's funny. We've been talking all this time, and I've only barely told you about what I do. So, so. <laughs> on YouTube, right? YouTube. Yes. I guess I'm a YouTuber now. And um, I have a show on YouTube that is called uh, The Sweet Spot with Candy Shell. And it's kind of like sketch comedy. And um, and and there's my song parodies. And um, it's kind of like, um, uh, it's kind of like Saturday Night Live, but shittier and with drag queens. Like multiple... Wait, are you, do you redress into different characters or do you just have friends that come over and partake? Wait, I'm so confused. Undress who? <laughs> no. Do you, Candy, dress up as other- Take you to be my lawfully wedded husband. <laughs> no, Sean, I'm married. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know right now. Wait, does- uh, Zoom conversation require consent, or did that actually just happen? Is that law in Hawaii? Or we always, now? <laughs> did, wait, wait, did I just step consent. into something? Okay. Even if it's Zoom, even if it's a Zoom <laughs> boom boom, you need consent. No, when you're doing your SNL, a Zoom comedy, boom. A Zoom, <laughs> Girl, I just got off a Zoom boom. Mm, I need a cigarette. <laughs> And you know what? He was on dial-up, so I'm going to go find someone else. <laughs> that would be, again, the, the Zoom boom is taking forever. Exactly. Like, God, could you just get done with? And then you know how the Zoom screens freeze? Like, how awkward would that be? Like, a Zoom boom that freezes, but one party is still, like, going? <laughs> you know like... what's happened. It's probably happening right now. <laughs> As as you giggle, it, they are frozen. <laughs> but the beauty of it is like, so we don't have the visual for each other, but I'm picturing the zoom boom visual frozen of just the weird, awkward face, right? And there, there yeah. could be like 20 different like memes of the weird it's... awkward zoom boom face <laughs> at the most it inopportune never stops freestyle. On a good face. No, dude, never, never. But that would be glorious to see. It never stops on a good face. 
like some dude i'm picturing some like guy on his couch and whatever he's so he's my age he's he's living in his mom's basement he's happy that he has an internet girlfriend his friend comes over and he's like yo got some last night on a zoom boom check out what i had and like he's scrolling through these pictures that are like awkward terrible zoom boom freeze faces We trying, might just have to hire you for the show, Sean. Trying to impress his friend. <laughs> this is just the kind of content we're looking for. I'm glad. But here's the twist, because I'm a writer. The friend finds out it was his wife. Oh, now it's getting weird. Now it's getting complicated. You is know, that, is that, I'm is one that of those funny dramatic? people that like, even if there's a certain amount of complication in TV shows, if I'm in a certain mood, I just can't, I cannot watch it. You don't want the it's, drama. It could, it, it, it could even be like a sitcom and it's just like, oh my gosh, Jenny can't figure out because she needs to borrow the, oh my, I can't deal with it. You know, yeah. it's just too too many, too many variables. You just want no, simple humor. Yes. Oh my, lately I've been watching this uh, HBO show. Um, I think it's called The Dog House. And that is some easy content. It is just, it just goes down smooth and um, keeps you feeling good. It's just all puppies. I have not heard nor seen of Dog House on HBO. Have you watched uh, The Great British Bake Show? I feel like you know the answer to that when you asked it. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I think <laughs> no, I didn't want to assume anything, Sean, that you're like a total I, bro. I appreciate I mean, you I not mansplaining. That, you know, I, I think it's I think it's one of those shows that all kinds of people, even um even super straight bras like yourself, um, that uh <laughs> that enjoy just a little bit of a downtime content. Right. You know, something that just kind of you can turn your brain off. It's all pleasant. It's a bunch of British accented people talking about cakes, and you can just you can just turn your brain off and just feel nice for a little while. And what's the relation to doghouse? Well, basically, yeah, I I mean, nothing for you, except that, um, (laughs) except that for people who have watched the Great British Bake Show, I feel like it, uh, it it creates a similar feeling. It's, it's got like that, then the narrator sounds kind of similar and it just, I don't know, it gives you that same kind of warm, fuzzy feeling only with dogs and they're not eating them. Oh, (laughs) I, I. I don't want to talk about where my mind went when you said that. Um, let me... I knew it was going to go a million different places. <laughs> me... you know, Sean, I just love pulling the the pinball trigger in your mind and just watching and it just, go. That's a great analogy, man. The the pinball, like just sitting in like bing, 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 bing. Um, exactly. T- tell me, so YouTube to try to, I don't know, not wrap that up or find out about that i don't again mm-hmm. me just being fucking clunky because my energy's wearing down it's 10 o'clock i'm getting ready to go to bed for the night no i'm just kidding um do you he's post not kidding, folks. It's, <laughs> he's you, not kidding at all <laughs> do you go weekly daily is it like a half hour segment is it more like just individual clips that you put together because i know nothing oh, are you about talking YouTube. about the show yeah your youtube channel Okay, so um, lately I've been experimenting with it a little bit, but uh, when I first moved to Hawaii, um, I I made some friends in uh, and and we were all interested in 
getting into television, but had no real experience doing it. And so um, we all started taking advantage of the resources at um, a public broadcasting. Um, uh, what's the word? Network. Um, what's a huh? <laughs> PBS. Public broadcast. <laughs> not, not PBS. Not Are you PBS. sure your show's not on PBS? Is it not PBS approved? <laughs> it's it's like a local local network or whatever. Local oh, Wayne's oh World. Gosh. So public you went, access. You went public access. You went Wayne's World I, with it. Yes, it is it is Wayne's World, public access, which is a parody of Canadian public access. And um and so it was kind of amazing because here in Hawaii, not many people were really taking advantage of uh, some of the resources they had to offer. And so we were able to do things like green screen and shoot in a big studio and um, and get multiple people involved and get them trained using professional equipment. Wait, and, can, so, and I'm sorry to um, cut you off, Candy, because this is – Not at all. You, you just blew my mind for the 25th time. When you're doing this public access stuff, you're actually going to a like you're not filming this in your basement like Wayne's World. You're going to a place, or these people are coming to you and helping. We you are to going it. to a place, um, uh, and, and some stuff was filmed at home, and it was filmed all over. It's so great. Um, Alelo Community Media is um, is the public access network I'm talking about, and um, that's. O-L-E-L-O, Olelo. And um, they are just a terrific organization and have been so generous with um, Shediculous Productions. Stop, Shediculous? Shediculous. Fucking love it. Spell Shediculous. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just like a Ridiculous with a she. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't sure if there was an emphasis somewhere in there. <laughs> you want to put a K in there. I know you do, Sean, you dirty birdie. I actually did in my notes, and now I have to scratch it out. Keep going. No, you don't have to scratch it out. It'll be our little secret. Just between me, you, and everybody listening. The four the four people who tune All in. All four of you listening. Aloha. <laughs> Holly day. <laughs> no, keep it. Dude, that's amazing that you had access. Uh, and I, again, I, that was me being a terrible host and like diverting you, but I'm, I actually am pretty interested because I feel there's a lot of creative people out there. And I think you said something very interesting and um, pertinent, which is I like, I don't know if there's one of those things in Delaware where if I wanted to have like an in-studio show I actually had resources set up to help me do that. And it almost sounds like that's something you had. Guarantee that there is. That's crazy to me. Yeah. And and these resources, people don't realize what's available to them. And um and the thing is, it, it if we don't take advantage of them, then people finally decide that it's not worth um funding these kind of projects and then right. they just die out. So Tell me a little more about how that helped you with the community well, television. It's been really cool. And we um, we actually just released our first episode of our second season of The Sweet Spot of Can- with Candy Shell. And, um, and 
it feels really good to me because uh, I really feel like we have evolved and had a whole year to kind of um, cut our teeth on television production and sort of figure out like what kind of show we wanted to put out there anyway. And um, for, and, and basically it's, it's sort of, feels like yeah I mean I guess it does feel a lot like SNL I come out I do a monologue and then there's a bunch of sketches some of them musical and um and I uh but in the second season of uh the sweet spot with candy shell we actually created an internship program at, uh, oh. for the local college students who are interested in film and television production to be able to come in and um, learn some skills and actually get some uh internship hours by working on the show and that again to me just seems like what a creative opportunity to get your name on something. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, so, uh, the first episode of the sweet spot with candy shell is actually going up on Amazon prime, which I am just bowled over by. So we've been purely, um, public access television in Hawaii and on YouTube, but, uh, um, we are releasing, our, our, our first episode of our second season on Amazon prime. Do you, and excuse my ignorance. And if I'm rude, feel free to slap me. Um, are you paying for that? Or do you have someone who gets it on there and you're like giving it to them? Do you get royalties for that? Um, I just, I'm so ignorant of the process. Yes. If enough people watch it. Um, okay. So it's almost like Spotify. Like if you load up, I've, I've had a couple of people and I'm again, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I've had a couple of people, um, musicians come on and be like, every time you listen to my song, it's half a cent. So if you can yeah, download and it's it, it's probably something, it's probably something along those lines, right? but, uh, but it's not something you can do unless you have an LLC. Like you have to have, um, you have to have a, a, a business ID okay. in order to do it. And, um, and it's really great because, I got into this with my friend, Sandy, Sandy Livingston, and we kind of created Sheediculous Productions together. And she has done a lot of the legwork in terms of making, uh, well, getting us onto a major platform. She's done actually all the legwork when it comes to getting (laughs) us on that platform, because that's, that's not what I do. I was going to um, say, you're more the creator, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely on the creative side. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, but that's that's something where when you can throw that into a whatever resume, email, conversation, the fact that it's so accessible, it's not just YouTube, right? Because YouTube, anyone can load up to YouTube. But the right. fact that you're like, no, nah, man, it's on Amazon Prime, that does seem, at least to me, I take it as a legitimizer. I, you know, that I think is going to be my superhero name. I'm going to be the legitimizer. I try. I really try with the syllables. You, you've, <laughs> what you've done in this conversation in this very short time, Candy, should, is push me to expand name. the legitimizer. Because <laughs> Oprah could honestly legitimize anyone. She's like. And her belt buckle is like, like a yes. measuring stick. And like, it just like, it's like, a, it just. <laughs> 
and you're like, it's legitimate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they suddenly, <laughs> their makeup looks great. Their hair is perfect. The They've legit- got a good logo for their product. <laughs> she legitimized them. It would be um, Jake Tapper and Bar Bar Rescue. But she would oh be the legitimizer. <laughs> she would do it way classier. She wouldn't deal with those fuckers <laughs> that Jake Tapper's dealing with. She would keep Let's it clean. Hope. God, Candy, that's a great idea, dude. That's awesome. And I'm sorry, is it on Amazon Amazon Prime now, or are we waiting it for it? It is to be on actually there? going up in the next week or so. Oh, um, no but way. right now on Amazon Prime, we have our short film that uh, won Best Narrative Short Stop. in the Hawaii Rainbow Film Festival. Uh, it's called Dungeons and Drag Queens, and you can look that up today. <laughs> You can look that up tomorrow or you can look it up next week. And uh, and it is basically, um, it's a short film that is part of a trilogy and it's a fusion of kind of the idea of role-playing games. I don't know if you were ever a Dungeons and Dragons kid or I'll uh, let you Magic tell the me, Gathering. Based on what you know about me in this quick one hour, was I? I don't know shit about you, Sean. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm talking about myself. Based on my interactions, my interjections, my dad jokes, my syllabolic preferences. Okay, I'm going to say that you've played a role playing game once in your life. You know what? You're fucking wrong. I don't take that. Oh, you've never done that leap. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) I have. You have. So what did you play? Um, actually, don't be ashamed. This is a judgment free zone. No, you know what? It's not a judgment free zone. I'll say that I spent a lot of time. Here's what I'll get into. Sean, are you saying that if your parents find out that you play Dungeons and Dragons, that they're going to think you're dark sided now? I'm not going to say that. What I am going to say, say I'm I'm going to go almost a step further further which makes me feel more ashamed your friends are gonna think you're dark excited your wife is gonna think you're dark excited what 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 my fear is is that or i guess my shame and i don't know if it's a righteous oh my gosh (sighs) we are breaking through shame barriers today i'm so glad i'm I'm trying to empower myself so i did not play the i I did not play role-playing games that were made i created my own role-playing games with friends to play with our own rules based on oh, cards and shit like that. So you're a super nerd. I, it, I don't know if it was a super <laughs> nerd thing or if it was a poverty thing, like, or if it was just, I didn't have a fucking ride to go get the Dungeons and Dragons board. I feel like I would have been all in and like, I, I mean, I, I can be the dude that wants to play a game for 10 hours. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I have that kind of personality, but I didn't have that kind of opportunity so we took what we had when we were bored and um, made our own type of role-playing games with our own rules as we went. So you, what? You brought it out of what, me. Candy, what no, was don't your, flip what it. What was Candy, your no, version? Did it have not, a name? No, Candy, we are not flipping this on me. I want to know about Dungeons Honey, you and Dragons. you flipped it on yourself. <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't ask I felt, you to make this true. huge admission that's about true. your uh, maybe maybe my childhood. Maybe I was ready. Your dark sided childhood. I was ready. You know, apparently I, was ready I to never played that. Dungeons and Drag Queens, so, so I. How do you get into character? A child of God. Sorry about it. <laughs> um, how do you get into character if you've never played it? How do you get into your role? Oh, okay. So, um, so in the in the movie there are these guys that are playing dungeons and drag dungeons and dragons i mean kind of they're basically playing this role playing game in a room and you know they're they're those typical kind of dungeons and dragons kind of guys you can just call them uh, sean it's fine call them sean <laughs> they're kind of sean types they're you know, if you know what i mean yeah shawnees and shawnees <laughs> shawnee Oh, and the Shawnee Bunny. And, and, and they have know. a style that's Shawnistic. Oh, <laughs> there's the dad joke. Hit me with you. <laughs> Just, you need the button. I do. You definitely yeah, need sorry. the button, Sean. I'm, I'm interjecting. Um, but yes, so they're playing this game, and it seems very dudish, but then it um, but then it transfers to the fantasy world that they're envisioning, and it's all these oh. drag queens in, like, <laughs> fantasy wear and um and and it's kind of like the world of you know lord of the rings or whatever right. there's elves and fairies and magic and stuff all and, in um, drag it with everyone is a, a drag queen yes oh my who came up with that i dude that's brilliant who came up with that idea um you know dungeons and drag queens is one of those things that's been floating around in the ether since oh. at least the eighties. And I think it's just, it, it just has been waiting to, to, you know, materialize into something. And so we were happy to bring that into the world. And I play, um, I play the queen. I, I basically play the queen of the land, uh, Empress Labia. And, um, and yeah, that's, um, that's my story. Should I read into the name of Empress Labia at all? Yes, you should read right into it. <laughs> and what what, what what am I reading into? Because <laughs> I feel like there's something there, and I don't know if I can put my finger on it. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if you're being naughty or if you just legitimately don't know. Well, if I grew up playing do Dungeons you, and Dragons, do I probably you, do don't you know. Do you know what a Labia Majora is? Let's... <laughs> just just, just kind of curious. And uh, just circling back to that whole thing about not watching Showgirls and Cunnilingus. <laughs> I mean, we're really, we are learning so much. You're changing lives. You know, and, and it's changing. not just going to be mine. <laughs> it's going to be everyone's. <laughs> you were, you will be forever changed. That's why you're the queen. You have that kind of power. <laughs> you know, you're able to zap, <laughs> zoom boom, zoom boom. You are forever changed. <laughs> I gotta stop because again, my mind is just pinballing, like you said. Um, talk to me a little. I'm super interested in the shooting of this is this a public access thing like how legitimate was this shooting to earn an award at a was it the hawaiian rainbow festival independent rainbow festival i missed the name yes yes the um the and the 
HRFF, the Hawaii Rainbow Film Festival. Gotcha. But of course, there are films from all over that go into the festival. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, you should definitely check it out because it's just a prime click away. You know, it's so easy. It's so easy. And really, what is anyone doing these days except prime clicking? Well, dude, you're looking and for zoom, something. I mean, zoom booming. Zoom booming and prime clicking. I mean, that's, that's really That's your whole it. day right there. You got to, yeah, you know. Yeah, just trying to stay virus free when you zoom boom and prime click. You know, I mean, you don't it's pretty safe. Something. It, it is, you know. I mean, it's... <laughs> It's, it's definitely as long been as you, tested. you know, spray your box down when it arrives. <laughs> How long's the film? How long? I the think short it's like narrative? I think it's like fifteen minutes. Oh my god! That's I also, it. I also made the music for it, and there is a Dungeons and Drag Queens song. No. Yes, for which Dungeons and Drag Queens is the chorus, you know, the actual words. So, as in a parody or as in completely original? No, it's just a completely original track. I do that too. I'm so bad at promoting myself. Well, and that's something because, again, Candy, you just super talented, talented beyond my wildest imagination. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. And I have a fairly wild, well, actually it's more feral. It's not really it's wild. More buck it's more buckwild. It's fair. <laughs> I feel, <laughs> I, I don't know as a white male, if I can use buckwild, I feel like it has racial connotations and I'm not Does sure. It really? I don't, dude, I was on a pod with a guy who was making an independent film in Pennsylvania, a satire. And uh-huh. I said two things. I said, call a spade a spade and beating around the bush. And the okay. dude, and the dude was like, "You can't say those anymore." Spade a spade. I can definitely see some really awful etymology there, right? And, and then I was beating so around the bush. What is that? It, it, I'm he, looking it up right now. When I looked it up, I felt like I was right. I felt like it was like people who there was an animal trapped in some sort of Burma, and you're trying to beat around the bush to get an animal to escape in order to kill it. He told me it, Yeah. he got into the racial connotation. Oh, and the third one. Yes. So he got into the racial connotations. I don't know if I agree with that. The third one where I found out I was completely wrong. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Oh yeah. That one's naughty. Yeah. Not do, good. Do, through the, those two things, like I would ever casual, I was like, oh shit, we're going to call a spade a spade. And he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What? And like, not, not not like in a jerk way, but just in like a, do you realize what you said? I'm like, like call it what it is, right? Like you need the proper tool. So if you need a spade, say I need a spade. Don't, don't, don't say you need something else. And he was like, nah, man, you're wrong. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. And that, you know, that's the thing about this time in history is that we, we're all learning. Like we are all learning about the world and we are all learning about the world as, as it is and the world as it was. Right. And things are still getting uncovered about the world as it was, as well as the world as it is. So speaking of, did you see that Rizzo from the Wu-Tang Clan, Wu-Tang Clan rewrote the ice cream song because that has racial connotations? Oh, I know I'm completely in the dark. Okay. And let's see if I can explain this, whatever amount of drinks deep at 1030 (laughs) at night on the East coast, but basically, and it's Turkey something. So 
De- what you're drinking? No, I'm definitely not drinking turkey something. Drinking some, what am I drinking? Vodka, seltzer, southern tears. But the ice cream song. Really? Com- southern tears? Apparently, yeah, they were on sale. They seemed like light. Oh my God. They seemed light and bubbly to make it through the night since I've been day drinking since southern two o'clock. Tears? <laughs> Why is that giggly? What? What? Tell me. I don't know. I think anything that you drink that is called tears is a little strange. And Southern Tears, um, I don't know. I'm just. Oh my God. So now Southern Tears. Now now, my mind is pinging. Because now I'm a complete racist that I'm drinking something that says Southern in it. Holy shit. No, I mean, you could be. Well, if you're drinking Southern Tears, you could be relishing them. You could be like, what? No, it's. I drink your tears, you crying little Southern people. (laughs) That's why it's so sweet. No, it's not. It's T I E R. And I don't know. It's Southern Tear Distilling Company. Southern Tears, like, like a tiered wedding cake. I guess, but then in That's their weird. But in their logo, the S is dropping what looks like to be a tear. But you get that if it's a distilling company because that's how liquid comes out when you distill. You know, humidity, it condenses and then it's from out. tears. It's right? from the tears of the um enslaved people that make the liquor. How did we get here? Look, I'm just trying to enjoy a gluten free <laughs> product where <laughs> are you really are you really gluten-free <laughs> apparently i just turned the label and found out this fucking thing is oh you're just gluten-free <laughs> i'm gluten-free by... today at yeah. this moment i'm yeah. also um at just a, by association i'm also at a 95 chloritic intake with 4.5 percent alcohol and zero grams of fat protein sugar so oh, damn yeah I f- i'm jealous i'm I was a little worried to go red wine sipping with you because uh-huh. I didn't know if I would maintain any sort of control. And how do you feel now? Um, if I had the right word, I feel like I would be at the place. Lucid? Is lucid decent enough? Oh, no, I think lucid is so, great. I think, And that's a good place to be. And I'm trying to hold off Tom Cruise from Vanilla Sky where you're just really wondering – what Second is going Tom on? Tom Cruise reference. I'm picking up on a theme. Tried to bring it back. Um, I tried to do that. I'd like to unite and tie in. I think that's good. <laughs> <laughs> you always got to do callbacks, you know. Always got to do callbacks. Jesus Christ, Candy. What were we even like? Th- this is where I get off track, and it's been 11 minutes since I've taken my last note, so I have no idea where the conversation was going. Can we were talking about? You and oh, ear. and then we got into you with your whole role playing thing. <laughs> no, dark sided, not meaning buckwheat. That's what we were talking about. So, buckwheat oh, makes no. me wonder can you say that without the negative connotation, or is it offensive? Buck, buckwheat, did you just like can you say the word buckwheat? Yeah, like buckwheat. I think you can say it if you are referring to buckwheat. You can definitely say it. Are you sure? It. Because they're the, the I'm ice sure. cream. Dude, so I need if, a if, half pound of buckwheat. No one is going to. How could you say that? Dude, if Rizzo from so the Wu-Tang Clan took away the ice cream song because it got into black What is people, the ice cream song? You'd have to. Fuck, man. I don't. 
Is that, do you want my ice cream? <laughs> Is it that? No, it's the one that the molesters play when they want the kids to come to the van. And it's like, it's, it's, Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if that's the ice cream song or not. (laughs) Usually something like that. It's like a horror movie. Whatever the ice cream song is that I'm incapable now because I'm on my toes about saying, basically it it was made for, to, to make fun of black performers to stereotype them. So they found this out, and I forget the name. It's Turkey something, something, something. LA Times had the article about it, and the RZA came out and made a brand new ice cream song, and they made it public, and now all the people selling ice cream can have this free download that's way more hip-hoppy, way more endorsed by the black community in order to not have prejudice. Were you Googling? I was trying to give you time to Google. You you could hear the... He's clicking, couldn't you? Yes, I was hoping you would. I, I feel like we're vibing, to be yeah, honest Yeah, it was with a you. song used in minstrel shows. Minstrel, that's the word I could... See, dude, I struggle with syllables. And it's called Turkey in the Straw. Turkey in the Straw, yes. Thank you. Well, you know, honestly, I am all about it. And as a privileged white person, you know, I... Um, <laughs> Why do you laugh at calling yourself a person? Because <laughs> I am, I I'm just borderline a person, um, and because uh, I mean, honestly, I'm not going to be here much longer. I'm I'm I feel I feel you, myself fading away, and as in you, know, you can't perform anymore, Candy. Like no, this I, is your just, curtain this call. Is, this is what I do. This is what I do. I come here and I manifest for a time. And, you know, it's sort of like working a puppet a little bit. And after a while, you kind of get tired and you're like, I'm only going to work this puppet for as long as it's fun. Because otherwise, what's the point? That's what she said. And so, um, Sean, I hate to just duck out on you like this, but um, I am going to take my leave. And it was so nice talking to you. I'm going to grab Dan Paul for you. Candy, it was great getting to know you and before dan paul comes on is there anything else people who are listening should be on the lookout for for candy shell and her supreme talents oh well um you should if you were on the grams the instagrams you should definitely um (laughs) link up with my supreme talent there i'm miss candy with an i shell miss candy shell um you can find me at that same name i am on that controversial new uh app called tiktok and um i've just been having so much fun on there please go check out my vids and um and then, of course, find me on YouTube. Again, it's youtube.com slash the sweet spot with Candy Shell. And in case you forgot, that's Candy with an I, the hoary spelling. The hoary spelling. And Candy is without a doubt ridiculous. She sure is. Did I, did I, did I, I, I was trying to save it. Did, was that appropriate? I think you did great. Appreciate I think you did great. And there is a song. Called Shidiculous. I have a song called Shidiculous. If you watch the uh, Gem and the Holograms parody video oh. that is on my YouTube, you will get to hear Shidiculous 
the song. So that's for you insiders that want to get that inside info. <laughs> Candy, thank you so much for taking time today to let everyone get to know you. I so enjoyed you making me feel uncomfortable and self-conscious and poking fun. No, I'm just kidding. It was just a great chit chat where I got to be giggly, um, buzzed, stupid. It was really. I think it was so much fun and so successful. So successful, Sean. Now, Um, see, um, I I knew I I had a bet. Which one of us? Which one of us was going to slur first, Candy? I messaged (laughs) you about this earlier when we had our time issue, and I thought it would be me. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I made it to 10:30, man. I feel like I've won that bet, Candy. so since I I was the the first to slur, since I won the bet. Can I please get a shout out somewhere in the dad joke thing? Or if you do the Toto Rain in Africa, all I want is a um, shout out somehow. Of course. All of I want course. Is... Most definitely. I can't wait. God, I can't wait. And I would love for it to actually maybe even be the theme song. I might change the whole fucking intro of the pod. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's how into Hit your parodies with your dad I am. jokes. <laughs> I love it. Dude, I'm Fire up. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, um, I will, I'm going to go now. Um, uh, great talking to you, Sean, BRB. (laughs) Candy, thank you so much. So appreciate your time. Okay. Oh, so how was it? I, I gotta be honest, Dan. Um, hard to stay on track, man. I'm a very analytical, I don't know if I'm a type. But I'm definitely, I try to string together themes for the sake of timestamping on the podcast. Yeah, that makes sense. And Candy, not to minimize or animalize, (laughs) you're just riding a wild stallion, hoping to, it's a Bronco, you're hoping to stay on, you know? How do you deal with it, man? Good grief. I I just ride in the backseat. I just watch it all happen. <laughs> it's like that. I mean, I think that's that's part of why I keep doing it is because it's such a trippy experience. I bet, man. Is it? And I don't even know the world. So, and I guess I'll put a and little context. A, and such an infusion of pure positive energy, too. Well, and clearly right like and it's fun to be positive carefree right exactly i mean it's liberating to not have to worry about offending in a way or just to i don't even think it's about that i think because when i'm when i'm in candy i mean no i'm not worried about offending i think i'm 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 definitely i've got it in mind i'm not I, I'm I'm not thinking. Well, I'm candy, so I can totally get away with this. Um, <laughs> like you're gonna drop the N word or something, and then all of a sudden it's it, like, no, yeah. I, it's that's yeah, <laughs> canceled. And uh, <laughs> and but no, I think that um, I think when when I'm in that candy headspace, then since it is such a pure positivity, it, it doesn't really 
take me down avenues that might hurt anyone's feelings because that's not that's That's not where I'm trying to go. And also I think that's part of the freedom of, of having an alter ego and an alter ego like her is that you get to, you get to come to the table with no baggage. You get to come to the table with none of your necessarily personal experiences. Even it's just sort of like a clean slate and you know the general rules of how she operates, but I don't, quite even know how she operates she just does <laughs> and so so i keep doing it that that's way more eloquent than the way i was thinking but that's so true because if all you are is focused on the good time then mm-hmm. where's the negativity right like where's right. the angst where's the oh yeah, you're there's being. no there's no reason to even go there exactly and i feel like so often we as humans and and as Americans, we have this kind of thing where we we get together and we kind of like commiserate and we kind of like bitch. Right. And it's like and but you can really only bitch with the people that are kind of like in your um, circle. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you got to trust and, them. And it, and it alienates other people because you're usually bitching about those people. <laughs> and and it's like, uh, yeah, it's just it's and i think it's really like a it's a it's a it's a comfort thing and a um and a, a habit thing where um i think we feel better as americans if we're working too hard right and that's so um, true and we're at least sharing in some kind of collective burden yeah burden like is it because of the industrial age like why is that the mindset why can't we be and i've read of all these european countries dan where it's like yeah you know we're trying to get to the four-day work week or we're trying to get to the four-hour work day (laughs) and we're trying to get to like 28 hours do we need 40-hour factory working mindset like like you read all these things about working at home no you can't work at home gotta come to the office like and you're like do i do i need to work this hard with this kind of mindset to be as productive or if i was in a better mental place would i actually be more productive well, I think industrial revolution is definitely a, a good place to look at. And we're all just the product of our history, you know. And so it's it's like it's everything about how we kind of identify ourselves as Americans. And we have been identifying ourselves for a long time as like Bootstraps. we work like a horse and Bootstraps. we're the yeah. innovators and we're the best. And um, but I kind of feel like what's happened in America is we've been we've been propping ourselves up so long that are we the best? You know, like uh, or are we are or have we just gotten really comfortable with that um, title that we're kind of actually letting things um, run on autopilot and not looking at really what's happening. Like America runs itself. I forget. What was I? Oh, I was watching Breaking Bad. Or so we thought. Yes. Oh, Jesus. So we thought. Um, So true. But it, it, it reminds me of, or where my mind goes is 
are we just relying, and I don't mean to downplay it in any way, but are we just relying too much on Hiroshima? You drop two bombs. What 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 is that? Like 70 years ago? 80 years ago? And all of a sudden your reputation is we help the world. And you're like, do you? I, I get mm-hmm. the beating the Nazis thing. That was fucking awesome, right? But then you do the nuclear bomb thing and it's like, does the world respect you or do they fear you or are you just feeling yourself? And now it's, you're producing (laughs) this, like this look, right? This persona that people are consuming. So it's like, Oh, that's cool. And you really wonder, I've not been out of the American bubble to live in any facet. And it's something that I'm very curious about is if I went to other countries and cultures is there this awe or are, do we just like oh self-grandize? Do you know what I'm no, saying? Where you it's gotta, like, we you got gotta go to, you gotta spend some time in Europe. You really should. Have you gone? Yeah. No I way. Couldn't, I couldn't recommend it enough. It really makes you look at your own country differently and not in a bad way, just right? kind of like, Oh wow. It's, there's all these different ways of doing this, you know? And in Europe, it's fun because a whole lot of those different ways are crammed into a very small space, you know, a whole bunch of countries that have totally different cultures, all packed in next to one another. And so you can really kind of, you know, travel across Europe and and sample a lot of different, you know, just ways of doing things and ways of thinking about things and and just different kind of spirits and uh, uh, approaches to life. I think every different culture has a different kind of a different yeah, yeah zest or or, <laughs> zest or not is a great word no dude like that well point of emphasis right again like you emphasize different things and something about american culture that's always bewildered me is this grinding to retirement and then you get to this point where it's like great man you're 65 your fucking back hurts you have a limb right maybe you have a decent pension maybe your mortgage is paid off like where the fuck are you going now man like exactly. what, what what are you doing where you feel the European countries, and again, never been, stereotypical. Um, you kind of drink and enjoy life, and you're like, c'est la vie. <laughs> like, it's going to work itself out. We're going to be okay. And there's um, a romantic angle and to you, that that I think should be embraced in America. Yeah. You're, you're taking breaks, and you're enjoying life as it's happening. You're not like – you're not – working yourself into a frenzy and avoiding your family. Right. And so you can take that Disney vacation. No doubt. You know, in, the fact that year. they call it a holiday, right? Like, like for us, a holiday is like, okay, it's a three, it's a, it's, it's a three day weekend. Right. And it's like, no, for them, dude, they might take a fucking month off. Like, like totally. a holiday or they, more, right? Or more. Like they're just like, yo, I'm on holiday. See yeah, ya. It's like, no, they didn't, they didn't give up summer. Like, like we did like in the grown-up world we have to give up summer and they're just like no yeah we're gonna keep summering dude dan there's a beauty to that that i feel the capitalistic and why and i don't know you let let us make you our european expert (laughs) oh please don't please don't and one it's been like over a decade since i went there and two um even my experience even though i was there for like uh, I was there for around a month. I was oh, there for okay. a while. 
in the and same region, like same town? No, or you um, just I was in Oxford and I stayed actually um, on the campus in Oxford for uh, a couple weeks and then ended up traveling to Amsterdam and to Germany and, um, and a couple other places and um, London, which I love so much. And um, God, it was just a life changing experience. In what, in the perspective that we were talking about or in some other in, way? Yes. And just in every way, you know, it's just like that, that kind of, that kind of travel and just sort of like having a plan, but the plan is very flexible and you're mm. just sort of, I mean, that's the great thing about um, traveling or what I love about it is that you have a plan, but you are completely immersed in the moment and kind of like looking around, like anything could happen. And, and in our daily life, we're just, we're usually pretty shut down so and true. we, we think we know what's coming up next well, and you what want to know right? and what there, what's there. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's what most people want is that predictability, even though they strive for a lack of, even control. though it makes them miserable. Yes. Right. Did you travel yeah. by yourself when you went over there, Dan? Hell no. Um, <laughs> No, I was, no, I was actually with my really good friend, Jesse, and she and I, um, God, such a really actually weird story. This was like right at the end of college and, um, and it was kind of like my graduation present. Oh, so you were the stereotypical American backpacker that went over to Europe for like a month. Yeah. Yeah. Except, um, I went. Because my boyfriend at the time was um, who this was secret from my parents, or at least from my dad, uh, was um, in law school and studying at Oxford. So he was the reason that I went there. And then my dad ended up sending, paying for my roommate, Jesse, to come and meet me in Oxford. Um, because somehow in his mind, she was going to keep something gay from happening. You know, that's almost, it would actually be a really good sequel to the talented Mr. Ripley with Matt Damon. (laughs) Are you familiar with that movie? Not really. Oh my gosh, dude, dude. If you have not seen the talented Mr. Ripley. I never have. I mean, I know it, of course, you know, dude, yeah, I mean, it's legit. Basically, he cons his way in there to getting Dickie as his name, Dickie back home. And then he tries to do like the double con and he uses the dad's money and he's trying to take over the personality. Like, I mean, it's that almost sounds it, it sounds extremely similar where someone gets <laughs> sent. The father sends someone to Europe. And I think in their case, it was Italy to get the person back. But in your case, it was to what? It get, was get just the gay out? somehow, somehow cock block me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was just like, my dad clearly has no idea how this relationship between Jesse and I works. Cause like we're, we're total wingmen for one another. I was about and, to say, was Jesse in on it? Well, and it, what ended up happening was I, uh, I ended up uh, leaving the relationship that that had predicated the whole thing and Jesse and I took off and went to Europe together. 
Why did you leave the dude? You're about to get someone who's an Oxford lawyer. Yeah, it just had to leave no. it. Home. Mm-mm. It, it was not for me. It was very, um, very controlling and very uh, uh, not good. Really not good. God. And it took it took uh, him disrespecting one of his friends to kind of make me wake up and be like, no, I don't want to be with somebody who would do that to their friend. Like publicly disrespect? Or just like, like side talk with you disrespect? Oh, no, more like kind of um, convinced a friend of his to take MDMA and then abandon her in uh, in Amsterdam in the red light district. And so I was just like, I was like, no, I'm done with you. You're you're gonna have to explain so much of this to my non-traveled, um, what do you sedentary mean? ass. I I'm I'm so lost because now we're in Amsterdam and we're on drugs that I've never heard of, and I feel You've like a never total heard dork. of MDMA. What's MDNA? M MDMA is um is uh, ecstasy. You know ecstasy. I've heard of ecstasy. I've literally, I don't think I've ever heard it referred to as MDMA. Yeah, that's like the chemical name for it. Gotcha. And, um, well, I mean, you know, obviously those, each one of those is some long chemical name. <laughs> an acronym um, for the chemical name. <laughs> but yeah, Madonna even had an album that she called MDNA, uh, where she likened her own name to the drug. So this guy got one the lawyer got one of his friends or one of the friends took mdma and just bailed on him it was yeah he basically wanted um and it was just it was like one of these situations where you saw it uh kind of get set up like when you're watching a tv show and like you see a scene and then you're like oh yeah later i bet this is gonna happen it was it was one of those where she had asked him she had asked him to promise to not leave her anywhere and she had also said in that same breath that she was uncomfortable with ecstasy or whatever and that she just she wants to feel safe and so of course she went out with him. He wanted to go to one of these live sex shows that they do in Amsterdam. And she was not into that. And so he was like, okay, well, see you later. And so she had to find her own way home. She ended up getting grabbed by a stranger and followed. And she was terrified when she got back to the hostel. I bet. And so uh, uh, Jesse and I were there um on mushrooms, which were legal in uh, Amsterdam, the MDMA was not. Um, and so we were very wide-eyed and um, very sympathetic when Jessica ran in and we we comforted her. And, um, and then I was like, no, I'm done with him. So the boy, and again, correct me wherever I'm wrong. I'm just trying to keep all the variables straight because there's so many that I'm so unfamiliar with, Dan. I don't mean to like, like, I don't mean to be anything other than curious because I'm trying to put the story together. Your boyfriend's going to see a live sex show on ecstasy with another female. You're Mm -hmm. in the hostel with another female. Mm Why am Am I wrong to ask why is this not like a double date at some in in some way? <laughs> well, because you're still thinking with that straight brain and like 
<laughs> and so, you know, like when we're hanging with our girls, it's like when you're hanging with your boys, it's like, it's like our girls. That's gotcha. like, that's who you like hang out and laugh with. Okay. So it's just... and not that I don't have straight guys or gay guys or whoever, who I also have similar relationships with, but I find that, you know, gay men, they do have like these very special friendships with women. Right. So I've heard, right. <laughs> I can testify. It's true. Okay. <laughs> we'll validate it on this podcast. Yeah, I, I will validate that. <laughs> right I'll be here. the validator. Got you, man. That's yeah. You the legitimizer. Could... Yeah. The legitimizer. <laughs> dude that's that's crazy to me that it's a deal breaker in amsterdam and you have that awareness while you're tripping on shrooms sometimes you get like a kind of clarity i think when you're in that when you're in that headspace and i think that's what happened for me i was just like oh this is i i've been waiting for something to draw the line and this most definitely draws Uh, it yeah and dude i've had a bunch of people who have traveled even to Peru and done like the ayahuasca tea with shamans and shit like that. Have you heard of all that? I've heard of it. I love the way that you pronounce shamans. Yeah, right. Exactly. With my super gringo. It's like, que pasa, que eres, comiendo. I know exactly. I just try to be super white. There's no basement in the Alamo. I I don't Um, know if you know this. My middle name is Karen. Um. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good to know. <laughs> but, right? It's a very Irish name, Sean Karen. <laughs> Sean Karen O'Grady. Um, but so I've the interesting thing to me is the the realizations that all these people, man, and dude, it's been I think maybe twenty people from probably fifteen different places in the country in the world. That are like, we do psychedelics, not because we're like trying, like we're schizo or we're like trying to trip balls, but the realizations that come along with it seem to be a very real thing to people who do it and partake in it. And it's super interesting when you had said headspace, that's where my mind went. I'm like, wow, it's amazing that you were almost like, it seemed like looking for some validation to an emotion or some realization, mm-hmm. some insight mm-hmm. into a relationship. And you got it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Wow. What was Definitely. the, dude, what was, so did you leave a note? What was the breakup like? No, we, uh, we had to ride the train back together, oh, which shit. was fun and because you- I had already said my piece the night before while he was on ecstasy. And then it was just this super awkward train ride oh back to God. England. <laughs> and, then, and then we, and then I, I and then we parted ways. <laughs> Again, two questions. Um, how much of the saying your mind conversation was actually a conversation that night? <laughs> like, was it a back and forth or was it just Do you mean you? like, did he have a lot of feedback? Exactly. Like, are you? Like, no, because he was, he was on ecstasy, which was like such a blessing for me because it made him so much more receptive to the, um, <laughs> to the breakup. Oh, so he was and like so, touchy feely about it. He was just taking it all in and, <laughs> and not necessarily reacting. Like he's a very uh, reactive person. So he would have normally like really freaked out. And instead of freaking out, he just sort of like, was like, oh, that sucks, you know? And, <laughs> and then the next day was very mad and was very upset. Um, but, 
I don't know. I find that um, I, I, oh God, how do I say this? Um, my heart is very focused until it's not. You know what I mean? And it's a conscious decision when it's like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. And then I really don't. Gotcha. Now, I, do you think most people, I feel like most people are like that. Or do you think not? Do you think most people well, I can think, like I think, yes. I think that everyone is like that. But I also like you think love hard, that everybody's right? a little bit not like that too. That's why it makes breakups so difficult, you know, because mm. you're like longing to go back, you know. Right longing for the good parts. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, and I, I feel like that's almost scientific. You always remember when you look back, you always think about the good times and you don't realize, or you don't remember for whatever reason, why the breakup actually happened. When you're in that space where you're like, man, I just wish, should I call? Should I text? Should I message? Should I? And then you're, all you're doing is almost like fantasizing or romanticizing what was mm -hmm. and you're not actually all the highlights. Yes. It's a highlight reel. That's a great way to yeah. put it. It's a fucking yeah. 45 and that's second. That's great about reel. memory. I think that's, that's, that's what's really kind about the human mind is that memory does usually kind of focus on the positive. Um, and, and when it does get hung up in the negative, that's usually when we, um, well, when we have mental issues, really, yes. and emotional disturbances is when we can't, when we can't get, when we've had something happen that really has um, touched us in a negative way. It's like, it, sometimes it can be hard to get what, get out of whatever that loop is. Yeah. The trauma, right? Like that's traumatic yeah. for them. How long, dude, how long was that train ride? And are you sharing? <laughs> and are you sharing? It was probably like, oh my God, it was probably like three hours long oh or something. My. It was too long. And are you sharing the same like cart? Is it one of those? Oh, where we're like, all, we're all sitting like right across from each other. Yeah, we're all sitting hilarious. in a little group, like me, my friend, Jesse, his friend, Jessica and him. And dude, and I'm so interested in the crosstalk just to be like a little gossip or whatever. <laughs> there wasn't a lot. There was not a lot of crosstalk. I'm but going. there was there was yeah. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off at all, Dan, but I'm no, trying no, to no. like I'm trying to think of the motivations where you have the tension between you and this guy. <laughs> then you have the like the girl who is hella upset. And then it seems like the fourth party would be your girl Jess, who's like I would assume she's, she's there. Oh, she's just along for the ride, right? Man. Like, is, is she? Is she like on she's your like, side? This guy's dad just bought me a ticket to Europe. <laughs> I am just flying by the seat of my pants. I am living so for this experience. The lawyer doesn't try to like conform that, like make this argument to get it oh, right to uh, win the moment. A hundred different ways. Yes, I, I, I could imagine. God, but it's just like nope, 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 nope. It's amazing that you could go to Europe and in one moment be so nope, 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 nope. Yeah. Man, that must have been. I think that's the great thing about travel. You really, you really get to know yourself and you change. You will change. And then when you got to the platform, you and Jess just go your own way that part's a little that part's a little foggy for me i think that i don't remember if we went back to oxford and collected some stuff i think that we did i think that we went back to oxford 
and um, and then we took a bus from there to London that same day. I think I believe that's what happened. And then we found a hostel to stay at in London that was so cool. It was like some old hotel that was like super tall in the middle of everything. And um, and the rest of the vacation was just the best. With if it was a movie, Jess. if there was a movie of the rest of that vacation, I would watch it. <laughs> Why so? What What are you replaying? It was <laughs> just fun me. and adventure and like uh, new experiences. And I mean, it might be one of those like art house flicks. I'm not saying I'd rush out to the theaters and watch it like it's the new Marvel movie, but I, I'd probably watch it. Um, I'm a huge independent movie film fan. So when you say new experiences, my interest is peaked immediately because Again, if I'm going and never been, if I'm thinking Amsterdam, when you said live sex show, I was like, holy shit, that's real. And Yeah, that's right? real. And I did not partake in that because I'm just no, I'm no, really no. not interested in it, seeing some it, poor prostitute get banged on stage. Dude, and it's something, side note for me, um, never been to a strip club. I'm sorry, club. sex worker. Yes, yeah, sex <laughs> exactly. It's, it's empowering to be called that. I just felt like poor prostitute had more like alliteration. It, it was very poetic. I, I felt it worked, but I guess it would be demeaning. Full circle. It would be demeaning. Um, I, I've like I've never understood the allure of a strip club. Like I've never gotten to that point. I've never been, and because I'm like it's a waste of money. And never I, Dungeons and Drag Queens. Never been to a strip club. Are you a Mormon? It's wait, Sean, you are a Mormon, aren't you? If I said I was Quaker, would that make me cooler <laughs> or less cooler? <laughs> <laughs> if I said what, I was a little if, bit Quaker, would you hold hands me? What about what if we turned on the video and you saw just a really nice Amish beard? Would that help I, or hurt I would my be into status? it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but like when that, you, but that's just me <laughs> <laughs> when you say new experiences I, I like and it's funny man like i did not realize that i've heard all sorts of you just hear red light district and you're like yo it's whatever but you don't think like a live sex show like live porn and you're like dude that's kind of weird but at the same time is it any different than like people who used to go to like porn movies in public and watch pornography, right? But when you say new experiences, my mind goes to what else do I not know about Europe that maybe I should know? <laughs> I mean, nothing, nothing Come on, mind Dan. bending. I mean, I mean, I can't say that for sure. If, if you are a Quaker, then this all exactly. is probably pretty mind bending. Um, but I mean, what are you just asking me? Like, what happened? What else happened after that? Yeah, you said you had I mean, some awesome experiences, man. I, I, I mean, I really we, okay. So, so we went and we met up with these people. Like, like we went to a party and we met some people and we made friends with these people from Canada and then we met their other friends that were from like Portugal and this other girl that was from Poland and then we all got together. We all ended up like by chance. Um, uh, all gathering in this um, this town called Lugano in Switzerland that borders Italy. And so it's in Switzerland, but it's super warm and temperate and just this like idyllic little town that all um, kind of 
is on an angle and descends to this beautiful like crystal like body of water and and so all of these kids all these people um we all met there and we all stayed in this house that somebody was not living in um like it was their second home or whatever you broke and into it did i hear that no, right no no you no broke so, so, in <laughs> illegally and squatted we didn't have to do that um <laughs> somebody somebody knew somebody and um yeah and we stayed in this place and like one of the girls that was part of our group her family lived in the town so we would like go to their house and they would make food and we'd watch the sunset we all one night uh, this is going to sound so dorky, but we all made wings like uh, this girl, Carly, uh, who is from <laughs> Toronto. She had all of these craft supplies with her and we and she had wire and all these different colored tights. And we made wings out of them and then made these crazy outfits, these like are like fairy outfits. And this is like uh, boys and girls. And um, and we all went down and like paraded through the town. and. Uh, I don't know. It was just like, it was just this super cool time. And I'm still in contact with those people, not all of them, but, um, but I have, I have retained contact with a lot of those friends. So it honest, and that's almost um, idealistic where it, that's the point of like that hostile living that I've always heard about and will most Mm -hmm. likely never experience because it's just, that's amazing to me that you can meet people yeah. from three, four different countries and everybody's just like, it's, it's like, like, Hey, let's Mardi all meet Girl. up in Switzerland. Right? It'll be so cool. I know right? somebody has a house there. Yeah. Like it just seems like um, maybe American media has soured me to it, but I feel like if I heard those words, my immediate thought would be like, you're going to cut my fucking foot off. There are going to be spikes going into my oh, skull. Really? My, my balls are going to be above a candle. That's going to be slowly raised in order to torture me and I'm going to have to choose to like eat someone's face to save myself kind of a thing. That's unfortunate. It's terrible, right? You know, another thing that I noticed is uh, I, I feel like in, um, well, I don't feel like I, I know that in, in Europe, in certain parts of Europe, like in the UK, for instance, like the, the food standards are better, you know, uh, our FDA is real, mm, you know, speaking of like weird chemicals and stuff oh, and they have much stricter standards there. And so even when you're eating street meat, like you just feel better. That's, it sounds terrible. It sounds like I'm just making an ad for moving to Europe and no, <laughs> maybe but, I am. <laughs> well, it, it's, it, it, again, that's another thing that I've heard. And if you go back to the American culture, like what, Another part of American culture that I think most people would acknowledge is lobbying and Mm -hmm. people who pay money to get people elected in order to make laws. I I don't know how that works in Europe. I'm completely ignorant. But that is something where you're like, why is there so much processed bullshit for people to consume? Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, you're eating shit food and you're not being active. So it's a double-edged sword. Like, why is Corona spreading crazy in America? Maybe it's because we have a bunch of obese people who eat like shit and don't get enough exercise. And I you got to do definitely one. definitely helps. Right? Like, dude, you got to be at least one. You can eat like shit, but be active. Or mm-hmm. you can eat well and be inactive. And if you do both, you're probably pretty good. <laughs> but you can't neglect both of those. And when I think of Europeans, I think of skinny people on bikes. 
in mountainous terrain, <laughs> going places and being extremely happy with their leisure time. Like that's where my mind goes. Well, and, and the U S is the heart of consumerism, you know, where 100%. it's sort of like consumerism at the cost of everything, you know, growth, it, all about growth, 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 right. consume to grow cancer. Yeah. That, Ooh, that's a really good, Dan, you are deep. Candy that's, told me that's you would unchecked be growth. That, I mean, God, is the U.S. cancer to the world? I always thought it would be China that, or India. I think that we have <laughs> a cancer, and so does a, the world. I think that we're just the the biggest, like, uh, tumor. <laughs> well, we're we're like the patient that has like the the worst terminal cancer that's like smoking in the wheelchair, like taking breath off the oxygen and then smoking at the same time. I think we're just like the most endorsing all the stuff that's wrong. And I think that, um, but you know, the beauty of our system is that it is, it is still linked to the people. We don't yet live in a dictatorship and we're not just being, um, they're, there is some agency, even though it can feel like as the individual that it's like not doing much. Yeah, but, man, you um, hope so, man. I'm fucking scared with this mail-in shit and I don't want to go oh, all I like, mean, deep, but man, I'm just waiting for the fucking like day that Trump's out there and he's like, what generals are with me? And you're like, you, you right. go to like almost like a Korean or an Asian country and you're like, what is going on? <laughs> right? Like, this is not how we operate. And, and um, you know, like, I just have to have faith that that, wor- that worst outcome is probably not going to happen. And if it does, there's not a whole lot I can do about it right. from where I stand right now. All I can do is just defend my position and be honest about uh, what I think is right and be vocal about that. I mean, because that's, that's what we, that's what we still have here is that we can, we can be vocal. Yeah. You still have the freedom to express. And Dan, you know what actually has scared me more that I just realized you're fucking living in paradise, man. And you have these thoughts. (laughs) You're living in Hawaii and And we're stuck indoors and, and you have, yeah, right. Like New Zealand's what they had 102 days and then they finally had like one case and like. So Hawaii, you would think, would be somewhat similar? We were doing really good right up until uh, July 4th, and then everything went to shit. Because tourists? Because people were like, party time! And everybody like had their huge beach parties, and, gotcha. um, and a bunch of people got sick after that. Gotcha. And it's just been kind of like a steady climb, and people haven't, you know, it's like, I hate that it becomes this partisan issue where right. all of a sudden, like, if you vote a certain way, then you also need to be anti-mask. I mean, I'm just yeah. kind of like, guys, we gotta, we gotta do something. You know, we gotta, we gotta agree on something. And, uh, and if this works, then, you know, I hate it, but I'll do it. You know what else funny about the mask? So I live in Southern Delaware. Um, we get a lot of immigrants from 
Europe, and apparently a lot of Asian immigrants in the summer. I forget what the visa is called, but it's basically students that come over to work in the summer, college students. Then they go back and the exchange rate is just beneficial for them. So I've noticed with Asians for a while now, you'd see them walking up and down with umbrellas in sunlight. And they, mm-hmm. they, they don't want the sun. For whatever reason, I don't know the cultural ramifications. I don't know if it burns their skin, whatever. I'm not here to like say the judgment. But you look at you, you look at films or news or images in Asia, and it seemed like they were always wearing masks because of whatever. SARS. Like just it, it's just kind of what they did or just, culturally. Or just sort of like a, a general tuberculosis, like a lot, and, right? Like just Or people that were sick would right? wear them. Out of respect. Like, yeah, just to not not get anybody else sick. It's right? just like and you almost was, wonder when I see these people walking down, or I shouldn't say these people, that's completely asinine of me. When I see individuals with umbrellas on a sunny day walking in shade, number one, you're like, that's actually smart because it's like, what, 20 degrees cooler? And number two, maybe they know something I don't know. Maybe it's actually totally. bad that I'm getting this tan. And I'm looking at masks being like, maybe we're kind of like 10 years behind Asia. <laughs> like, like if, if they figured this out, it wouldn't surprise me. Right. And it wouldn't be the first time. Right. Like it's one of those elitist things that we were always talking about earlier where it's like, is it really that freedom? And you're like, I don't know, man, should it be a freedom where like seatbelts are, are we, exactly. are, are, have we accepted you are seat free belts? to not wear them? But if you do that, then you're, you're not only increasing your chance of dying, but also your chance of flying through that windshield and into the car that you've crashed into. Yeah. And, and, and that's where I'm almost at with masks, man. I'm just like, I get it. And I get like smoking, smoking on planes, smoking in restaurants. Like we finally fucking figured out probably 15 yeah. years too late. It just takes time. It was like, dude, are like isn't this the better they thing? Just, they just have to be like told no, no, <laughs> Enough. Enough. no, that's so true. Stop. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you just have to be publicly shamed enough through 30 second clips of you calling people retards for you not wearing a mask and you wanting to fight people and being carried out by, did you see that video of the guy in Arizona who was literally carried out by his son? And oh it, no, I, you know, honestly, I do my best to just limit my intake of oh, all dude. that kind of it's, content because, because it, it's it sticks with you. And then very not candy shell. Like I end up stewing about it all day mm. long where I'm like that fucking asshole, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it'll trigger some shit for sure. Assholes are out there. They're always going to yeah. be out there. No. We've we've got to focus on our connections with people that aren't assholes and maybe inspire some of those assholes to be a little less assholeish. It would be herd immunity against the assholes, right? Like exactly. if people just where they're like up. everybody's having fun without me, right? I need to get in on that. Dude, that's so I'm gonna true. stop complaining and stop pointing fingers. No doubt. And- um I feel like that is probably a good uh segue for me. I should probably um get on about my day. It is now oh, 5 p.m. here I, in the islands. Okay. so It's actually 5.20. Dan, there was – I did not think um, – man, I honestly thought this was going to go 3, 4. So then that's absolutely fine. No worries yeah. about that. Give me one personal narrative. And since 
I don't know, Candy Shell didn't finish a podcast. I'm going to assume, Dan, you did not finish a podcast as well? Or I what? have not. I have not. I'm, I'm a total novice virgin. Fantastic. Can you please take the time to tell me a pretty, another good personal narrative? Uh-huh. And this is how I end the podcast, Dan. Okay. Can I get your best first for last? We've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence. Waiting makes it worthwhile. My best first for last. So this would be like a thing that I experienced for the first time to finish the show. Dan, you fucking nailed it, man. Um. Okay. Let me think about this. My best first and uh, while you're thinking for I'll, last i'll say this that i thought when you said the word when you articulated for so well i felt like you were calling me out on my accent a little bit i was a little offended i gotta be honest do you have an accent i don't know but i felt like i did when you said it you were like my best first for last and i was like <laughs> oh my god no i wouldn't be shady like that dude, well, i just say it's true yeah, i was just right yeah i bet you would You're um, like what's up with your accent no doubt but i <laughs> i feel like if my voice was transcribed it would say four spelt f-e-r and be like best first fur last oh no you know i think i think i'm way more uh on that spectrum than you are <laughs> but no dude you nailed it and it's funny because a lot of people um no one knows it's coming. We've actually had two guests, Kristen episode 29 shout out and Eric yet to be posted episode 75 or guest 75 new, um, only two out of 75 guests. And again, you're, I, I believe you're only 80. two understood the concept. No, only two, right knew, off the bat. only two knew it was coming. Because I, oh. I end the podcast with it. So if anyone because, actually makes it through an entire podcast. Everybody else is too self-absorbed. They would know. They're like, oh shit, okay, he's cool. And like they'll play like five minutes of a pod and they'll be like, oh yeah, he's not going to like scam me. And then they I mean, hop exactly, on. Do exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? So yes. that, But I love the authenticity of trying to help people think about. And I really think it's a cool way to end the getting to know you pod is just to get to know one of your cooler first experiences for the last things that we get to know about you. Okay. Well, um, I guess since uh, this visit kind of centered around candy, I will go to uh, the first time, um, not really the first time I, I mean, yes, the first time I ever did drag. I did drag once in, um, I think as a freshman in high school. In when I lived in the middle of, I, I mean, I didn't live in the middle of, I lived in a in, I lived in the middle of nowhere. I lived um, in between a small town and a teeny tiny town. And um, and I went to school in the teeny tiny town. And that was <laughs> during uh, junior high and freshman year of high school. And I strangely did drag one time um, and went to school on Halloween. But I wore one of my mom's dresses and a wig that a friend had. And, um, and then my mom ended up being home when I came home from school and saw me walking home in her dress. Oh, so but that is not the story that I want to tell. Gotcha. Uh, that, that is a, that is a story, but I would rather tell the story of kind of the first time I really did drag in earnest, which was with Jesse who came and met me in, uh, in Europe, Jesse June. And, um, the, Two of us were roommates at the time, and um, I was, I believe, a 
sophomore, I was in my like second, maybe third year of college. Um, we were both in art school. She was a fashion major and I was a drawing and painting major. And um, I was part of the LGBT uh, group on campus and they had a, uh, a, a charity drag show. And Jesse and I were just weird I don't know. We love to <laughs> drive around in and like talk in weird voices and stuff. And we had been entertainers, as of, man. Entertainers. What's that? Yeah, exactly. That's what you do. And um, we'd been driving around and talking in these like women's country voices. <laughs> and um, she she's from Indianapolis, and I'm from Texas. I'm from the South. And or Texas isn't really the South, but you know, Texas. And uh and so we both had like those kind of country origins. There's there's some country sounding people in Indianapolis. Yeah. And um which I didn't realize. I thought they were all in the South. But so we had these characters, Portia and Jolene, and we worked at this um, convenience store together and we just kind of started building these characters. And, um, <laughs> and, it, and it was like the day of the contest and we just, it wasn't like something that we were like, ooh, let's do this thing. It was like the day of, we were like, hey, let's take these characters and let's be in the drag show. So And just um, improv off of it. Exactly. And so oh we went, God. we had these wigs and we went to the thrift store and we bought these like really ridiculous eighties dresses that we thought like fit the two characters. <laughs> and, um, and then we, Jesse had also been um, learning the keyboard, like learning to play music, which would end up, um, you know, I ended up learning the keyboard late and then being a musician. Um, so this was like kind of the, the, the birth of all of that. And, um, anyway, we sang, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we sang beat it by Michael Jackson, only it was a ballad and it was just penis was the, uh, was the chorus. <laughs> and with her playing the, um, with the keyboard on stage and with these like big glasses and we both had mullets, hers was white and mine was red. I was Jolene and she was Portia. And, um, and it was almost like it was a church song, but it was, um, beat it and it was slow, but with like that kind of like a church organ kind of like accompaniment. Please give me a little bit of the chorus, please, please. I mean, uh, can I ask? You can hear it in your head. Penis, penis. I mean, open up your mouth and eat it. I'm assuming. That's what I I was wondering. What what follows it? I honestly, I honestly don't remember, but I do remember that we won the charity drag show. How could you not? Yeah. And Portia and Jolene actually were my, um, that was my intro to drag. And we played, um, we, we wrote a bunch of songs um, not parodies for the most part. We wrote a bunch of originals that I have no recordings of and don't even remember now. Uh, I remember one that we wrote reading a Terrence McKenna book about um, a, a book called Food of the Gods. And it was talking about um, marijuana and like all the different terms for marijuana. And it was like the, like a page long paragraph. And so we had one song that was just basically reading all of these names for pot. Love it. Like, giggle smoke and 
you know, just like all these crazy terms from the forties and whatever. But, um, but yes, uh, that is my, that was my first and that, and Portia and Jolene later led to me being in She Dick, which I didn't even talk about, but it was a drag band that I was in, um, that I ended up taking to New York and uh and then new york was kind of where candy really found her footing and then she became part of the mary joe camel show and then she came to hawaii and the rest is history she's got a tv show dan i i want to and i can edit this out if we go this route and if not we can um pick it up it's funny man because again if you're not familiar with the pods. I get it. But two hours for your story is just not enough, man. Not to brag. I mean, I can go five, Dan. That's all I'm saying. Well, I I've, mean, I've that gone is five. very impressive. I've gone I'm five. not going to lie. Yeah. Sean. Without enhancements, <laughs> without enhancements, I've gone five. <laughs> <laughs> this is information for candy shell. I don't need to be hearing this. Got you. And you know what? Just because I said I've gone five without enhancements, I'm leaving that shit in the pod. <laughs> you should. You definitely should. That should be your right. advertisement right there. All right, man. So Dan, then what I'll do is I will hit me with your dad jokes and I can go five hours without enhancements. Encore, 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 and so excited coming back out on stage like it's a surprise. Have Dan back on everybody. The crowd goes nuts, kind of, because they're like, "Yeah, we knew you're coming back." I'm. We have not edited the pod yet, Daniel. So they might not know based on how it gets edited that you were coming on. But Dan, I had to beg and plead. I had to hit you with a dad joke. Hit me with your dad joke. You know, I have the stamina for five (laughs) hours. And I'm hoping to splice in the fucking great insert you gave me on the last episode. <laughs> That's a dirty dad right there, actually making that joke. Is you it? better watch. You watch out for the dad making the I can sustain for five hours joke. Yeah, because we all know it's bullshit. So, Dan, thank you so much. <laughs> the, the wife is like, you can't even sustain through an episode of Scandal. I don't think, uh, no. Shit's Creek ain't up your creek, son. You got no hope. <laughs> Dan, thank you so much for taking some more time coming back on, man. I so appreciate yeah. it. So to cut through, because we had gotten somewhat therapeutic and deep and bad Mm -hmm. podcast hosting on me, I, again, was unclear about recording or not because I'm super sensitive to guests coming on and feeling like they're automatically on. But you brought up a great point, which is actually what I was about to lead or ask about. The, The reality, the blending of Candy Shell and Dan you had gotten into, and I begged you to stop because I wanted to hear it for the first time. Um, you were talking a little bit about the difficulties in that, or is difficulties the right word? Managing? Or, you know, I think, uh, okay, so uh, I, I'm about to spin into a strange thing here. I just feel it coming on. But Love it. 
do you believe in astrology at all? Man, Dan, why do you What's want your me to side? talk? Why What's do you want side? me to talk so much? So, I'm What's a, your side? I don't know if I believe in it. I don't know if I'm willing to say yes I, to that, but I've had yeah. several guests on that have made me understand there are typical philosophies which I don't get based on the day you're born, which fucking blows my mind. So, all that to say, I'm a Cancer. Oh, cool. Cool. I'm a Libra. And, uh, and I'm a Libra with a Libra rising. And so when you open a book and read about Libra, it all pretty much applies to me because I'm just heavy on the Libra and, um, <laughs> not the libido, just the Libra. I'm sorry. Bad dad joke. Keep going. My fault. <laughs> really bad. Um, <laughs> I'm, like, I almost feel like I have to make a shit ton of bad, jo- bad dad jokes for the rest of the time just to keep working in that. Um, I mean, clip yeah, you, gave you, me. got, you got to use your hit me with your dad jokes <laughs> um, button. Uh, so, okay, this is so random. I don't even know why I'm saying this, but so there are air signs, water signs, fire signs, earth signs. You are a water sign as a cancer. And as a Libra, I'm an air sign. And the other air signs are Gemini and Aquarius. So Gemini, Aquarius, and Libra. And the way I had it explained to me a long time ago is um, air signs are all concerned with ideas. We are, um, we're all about words. We're all about ideas. We're all about things in our head. It's part of the reason that this is the age of Aquarius and Aquarius is an air sign. And this time is all about ideas and the internet and people can make anything and everybody has access to all the information. Um, And so, so we're all uh, concerned with consciousness, air signs that is. Okay. And, and let's say that there are three functions of consciousness. And so, uh, Gemini makes associations, Libra makes distinctions, and Aquarius abstracts. And all that to say, as a Libra, I think I like to make distinctions in my life. And I have, uh, it's almost like what people do who have multiple personalities, but it's like kind of the natural function of it without trauma. Oh my it's God, like, man. It's like I I kind of feel like I do have multiple personalities, but we're all just kind of talking to each other, you know, and it's sort of like, okay, you can come to the front now. And and I think probably a lot of actors and other people have a similar uh, thing going on. I'd actually completely argue <laughs> You're like, with I that. don't think no, so. No, 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 dude, I was about <laughs> to fucking double down on what you just said. Believe it what or not, with, with any personality, I think people can form in environments and I I know for sure. Right. So I think people have like, you're a different person to grandma than you are to your girlfriend. You're not the same person. We all make distinctions as you were saying. So to me, what I was saying, what I was thinking immediately is it seems like you're almost embracing where others try to blend where Mm. you're basically into fences 
right? Like not defenses, but in two fences. That was my Delaware accent coming out there where, <laughs> where like you're into yard signs and you're like, now's the time for this personality to come out. Yeah. 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 But do, I, I think everyone feels that way. And I think everyone does that. I just don't think everyone is bold enough to make the distinctions as to as to wholeheartedly accept what is trying to come out in the situation or environment. Mm, interesting. You know, I I wonder if my success, like my larger success, has to do with me actually integrating all the distinctions that I've made in my life and kind of bringing everything together because, like... Okay, just for instance, you know, we've been we've been talking about candy and my my uh you know, kind of my my drag journey. But um <laughs> alongside that, I was also having a a serious music journey. Um I mean, oh, really? when I moved to New York, I went there really with the with the intention of making music. Um I, a good friend of mine that I went to college with this, uh, Jeff Cook, um, he's a, he's a producer in New York and, um, he produced my second solo album and, um, and it was, uh, like that was the focus of my life. Candy Shell has really only become this thing that I've been willing to, give myself to in, in recent years. And, um, I think part of the reason for that was when I was single, like doing drag would always kind of, in my experience, like make me, um, less desirable in the dating world, you know, in the gay, you know, gay guys want like a, you know, like butch dude. And, um, and <laughs> so it was all about flannel <laughs> or to look less appealing. It was less about flannel, <laughs> you know, just something they want the fantasy of whatever, facial you know? hair, like a motherfucker. <laughs> right. And, um, and so a lot of times I, I found with drag, I would go for long periods, um, or I would do it when I was in a relationship. And then when I was single, I would not do it. But music was kind of a constant for me. And, um, but it was frustrating because, okay, at, at the, so I was trying to become Dan Paul sensitive, uh, gay pop singer. I was about and, to ask, can, can I pause for a moment just to understand more about, I, I can't believe you said second album. So yeah. you, Dan Paul has two albums somewhere out on the World Wide Web, or are they hidden yeah. in like... on all the places. No on uh, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, <laughs> what else is there? <laughs> two? So your goal... Yeah, right, exactly. Nothing else. Apple. Um, well, I guess Apple... Well, iTunes went into Apple. Sorry. Um Cause it fucked me up with um, me posting the podcast is why I'm on thinking about that. Mm. So gay pop singer. Yeah. So uh, I'm a, I'm a songwriter. I play piano self-taught totally um, picked it up way later in life than most people would. 
and um, but just really, really had this desire to write music, to write songs specifically, specifically, and um, I had been writing poetry fairly seriously since like late college and even like got a little bit of you know you know that college poetry recognition um like but published but by i the was editor like i don't kind want of a thing or had your own what's column? that like published by the editor or had your own column or what do you mean recognized? Um, like yeah like i got published in some um in some publication and then i also won like an award for a short story that i wrote oh wow. um and uh and and I really, really loved writing. And, and I could see myself as a, a writer, but it always felt like something that I would do later in life. And I just really, hmm. um, I, I'm one of those people, I just I really want to do it all before I die. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and man, when I was in New York, I did do it all. I was about to I, say, dude. <laughs> I didn't move to New York until I was 30. And I just, I was a... Like all in a week, I would be a karaoke host, a drag queen, and a go-go boy all in the same week. And it was just like, I, it was awesome. It was awesome. I got to live my gig life. So it wasn't like tearing you. You didn't feel one personality. And I'm not trying to like picture you or paint you as schizophrenic or any shit like that. Man. I'm not trying to get you committed, but I, you had kind of brought it up about the tear or about the distinguishing. And yeah. it felt very fulfilling to have all those different roles or it felt conflicting where you know, like, it felt very fulfilling really? to like be hitting on all cylinders and get to like, let everyone come out to play on the regular. You know, <laughs> I think that that's, I think that's something about me is that I just, I don't like being just one thing. I just can't do it, you know? And I think that life is too short to just be one thing, anything, anyway. Mm. Man, but that's no, and again, unless you, unless there's just one thing that you effing love above all else, and then by all means, you know, throw yourself into that. I don't know, man. But, so, and I'm not the world's greatest coach, but I was telling you before I was recording, although apparently I was supposed to be recording. Um, I do coach basketball, and mm-hmm. everything in research says you need to be a multi-sport athlete. Mm. right? Like that, those are the best athletes. So if you are naturally creative, if whatever, and I believe it's the transitive property. If you are naturally creative, you should be creative in as many avenues as you can, as long as you can, right? Because athletes, if you're an athlete, be an athlete in as many sports as you can, as you can. And it's kind of weird to me that people try to specialize so early or try to conform so early or try to find acceptance so early. And I I guess I'm saying that to be like, I think that's kind of neat that you were bold enough to be like, dude, I'm just this creative performer. Let me find out how I'm trying to perform. Like, let me try to find out what I enjoy that. I I think that's kind of cool. And I think, uh, I think that probably had a lot to do with the way that I grew up too. I, 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 I was, I lived in a really, really like in the middle of nowhere. Um, and I, I, I wasn't like a, 
I was an outsider for most of my adolescence. And I mean, I know everybody feels like an outsider, but I was like, <laughs> and I didn't get beat up. You mentioned getting beaten up. And I, um, I really only got beat up one time that I remember, um, which was actually really scary. Cause it was by like three older boys. Yeah. That's how <laughs> it happens, dude. Cause those I ended up biting to get out of it <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> Dan, I wanted to be, um, extremely stereotypical and said, I thought you were going to go for the hair pull to get out, but, the, <laughs> but the, <laughs> please hair pull. Like, what is that going to do to some like <laughs> hick with a buzz cut? There's no hair to pull. Of course he probably had a mullet too. And I could have, I could have given that a good yank, but you know, that was going to be my response, but then I didn't want to double down. Is, only some people are sensitive to that. Some people like a good hair pull. Uh, yeah. And then God, so here's what I pictured <laughs> was the hair pull with, and what that does neck back crotch forward confronted with a <laughs> knee meeting it. And then oh. it's like the force of least resistance kind of a thing, like two objects in motion. <laughs> well, I'm loving your action movie version of my uh, getting beat up as a little kid. But that's not how it went um, down, huh? <laughs> that's not how it went down at all. But um, but I escaped with all of my body parts intact, and I was I was. Can glad. I ask what what led to the? Do I call it an assault? Like, were were you just? slight did you have like feminine tendencies that at that point there, if you're talking uh, that, about uh, that particular well, or, or do you just mean in general well no, do you mean so like I'm with that to, that instance yes because in that because, instance there was there were two other little kids that were even younger than me and i was probably like i'm gonna say i was like 10 and they were probably like like a little girl that was probably six and a boy that was like seven. And I was playing with these younger kids. And then these three boys came up and they were just, and the, the little kids were like screamed and ran off. <laughs> and, and I also ran, but the other direction and, um, yeah, they were just, I don't know what the impetus was for that. They were, they, they were really like monsters in my memory. Yeah. <laughs> like dude. one of them picked me up over his head and threw me down on the ground. Like it was just like, ah, you know, kind of energy. Yeah. And, um, but then I gave one of them a good solid bite right in his forearm and he ran and told his mom on me. <laughs> How old were the assaulters? They were like 12, 13, something like uh, that. Oh, yeah. That's about that age, man. Especially if you're hanging around. Like you're, whatever. God. I, the fact that he fucking runs and tells his mom is, says everything you need to know about well, I the thought, assaulter. I mean, it was hilarious. And my sister was like, no. What do you mean, no? I, because the mom came and she was like, I'm an bit my son. And she's like, no. <laughs> right like it's like everyone knows that your son is a bully and a sociopath i'm just like i don't think i don't think my brother who sits here and draws pictures and all day long is the one that no right playing with fucking six seven year olds <laughs> the one who's just like chilling is the aggressor in this is instance but but other than that i was just always kind of a social outsider mm. um and uh 
partially just because of where I was. It was just like, <laughs> I just wanted to be anywhere but where I was. Anywhere but Wichita Falls, Texas. Is it, and, well, So you had said you were drawing. Is it because you were like just inclined to the arts and performing? Like, or, And yeah, I, I don't want to say flamboyant in like that, oh, I'm judging you as like homosexual kind of way. But some people know how to perform like put on a and, show. And I think I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure I was flamboyant in the homosexual <laughs> way too. <laughs> I think it was, I think it was probably, I mean, I can't say cause I'm me and I'm inside of me, but I'm going to say it was probably, uh, undeniable. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I had this, um, I had this Miss Piggy puppet. That was like, um, I mean, I was super into the Muppets, but I was really into Miss Piggy, which is so funny because I watch the Muppets now and I'm like, oh, Miss Piggy is such a, she's such a, a Diva? like undesirable character in a way. Ah. She's, she's so obnoxious, right? but I fucking loved her. I thought she was amazing. And she was, I mean, okay, look at all the other Muppets, not one other Muppet has a whole bunch of eye makeup and eyeliner as well as a wig, like just a full-on woman's wig. And She's a drag queen. Miss Piggy is 100% a drag queen. And she commands a fucking presence. <laughs> she does. And your respect. And your respect. Yeah. Like, you're not playing her. Although, she did, like, for whatever reason. Now, let's get into the psychology of that. What's your theory? <laughs> Why was Kermie so attractive to Miss Piggy? Oh, I mean, because they're, um, I think they're, I think their relationship is very archetypical. He's the, he's the, he's the weird behind the scenes guy who's like very quirky and reserved. And she is like that ostentatious, like, uh, prima, ballerina or i mean not in miss piggy's case but like you know <laughs> she the, could have been the, don't tell her she's opera, not a ballerina <laughs> the, the opera diva she's like the she's the wild gregarious performance one and and yeah i think uh, that they make a perfect pair just the balance. well not anymore because i hear they're divorced now but I've, i have not seen that <laughs> while i so get my groceries no they've both really moved on i think but dude, that's, I've never, <laughs> aside, aside from trying to piss on poor Miss Piggy's um, marriage, I had not thought of Miss Piggy as almost like a drag queen icon. It's, I mean, even, I mean, think about the fact who, who did her voice, a man, Frank Oz. Right. Talking like this? No, not like that. How do, how do, how does Miss Piggy that sound? That was pretty she's, close. She's, she's kind of like. Yeah, she's kind of like in here. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and right. Then, and then Kermit also has a similar kind of bubble voice, but he's more like here in talking like this. <laughs> and those were my Muppet voices. You're welcome, dude. Dan, that is you're opening my eyes to so much. Um, my mind's overwhelmed at the moment because you like, you really do wonder like, Oh my God. Like, do you think that was 
an intention or do you think that's I, an unintended mm, intention? I think it, I think it was uh, an acid trip and <laughs> I think that it was probably unintentional, but maybe not because like – wonder, right? Because, you know, it's not like you just draw a picture and then it's done. It's like you got to spend some time making these puppets mm-hmm. and, and, and you're like making very uh, – conscious decisions about oh wh- what you're doing and miss piggy is unlike any of the other muppets dude there's she's... production meeting after production meeting and you're you're <laughs> blocking out what she's doing and she was very she's fucking, always wearing gloves very why is she always masculine. wearing gloves very masculine man what's up with the karate <laughs> yeah, i mean you went with it right like why is she the and, enforcer and, and even her not? legs are very muscular stout Stout. do you think that's because kermy liked it froggy style oh Oh for sure a guy like that he is looking to get dominated shit (laughs) dude no that well so that kind of speaks to the culture and i'm not sure when the muppets came out but which actually gets back to when you were kind of getting your story about getting bullied if you have these tendencies, kids nowadays with the tendencies, 2020, I feel mm-hmm. will be way more accepted based on what mm. other children have seen in media. Right. And like, they're going like, to be able to find some kind of community. Role if models, not. community, the yeah. internet. It's so much easier to connect and feel like you are a part of a tribe. But yeah, if we take it to the 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s, mm. and I'm not, again, not sure when the Muppets rolled out as far as their thought process. I thought it was maybe mid seventies. Yeah. They came out in the seventies. There was the Muppet movie and I was a little kid. I think when that came out, I was born 76 and I remember being like really little, like probably like three or four listening to the Muppet movie soundtrack on a record player. Oh yeah. And, um, (laughs) <laughs> some of your listeners are like oh what no actually that's not true because records are all cool now exactly um, they made it ex- 100 <laughs> but uh but yeah the i remember as a little kid the muppet show being on tv like the one where they'd have like the celebrity guest stars and stuff right? well and it goes to sesame street and now you look back at bert and ernie and like was it a thing back then that oh. two dudes are fucking sharing a room and they're into each other and best friends? I, and like, it really makes you they wonder. They definitely knew what they were doing there, I think. Right? So like, it really makes you wonder if there were these, and fuck man, I hate saying these people, but these writers, directors, influencers within the scene that were trying to almost speak on some subliminal level to mm-hmm. others where they were like, dude, it's okay. You, you know, like, like, like don't feel alone. I'm trying to throw you a line. I grew up cause the people who were in those positions, could you fucking imagine what they went through in the forties, fifties, sixties to get through those right. positions? So now that they're in and they can influence, I've always wondered, was it something like that to try to just say it's okay. You don't need to feel like shit. Right. I mean, and it wouldn't surprise me if that was all just Jim Henson, too, because he really Ah. was a visionary and was um, really had a big picture view, I think, of the world and of like, I don't know, 
the evolution of consciousness, maybe. Well, he was just, uh, he was the best. If you listen to the music, it was fucking coming, right? Like, I mean, like, <laughs> no pun intended, but the fucking, like, like the revolution was coming with this freedom and embracing and understanding and like judgelessness that mm. kind of needed to happen because fucking like American culture for 25 years was just fucking hating on everybody. The The yeah. more I read about it, the more you're like, the fuck were we doing, man? Why? Yeah. Why? Why? How many people felt like shit and hid in plain sight and felt terrible about themselves? Lots. <laughs> <laughs> lots of them yeah and i didn't mean to get so deep man but i think it's a great point you're bringing up about miss piggy and even burton ernie like you you really do wonder could it be almost like an sos a subconscious sos of just you're okay i don't know man oh well and and this is this is why i brought all that up in the first place thank you for getting us back on track not at all the position of being a social outsider I think really made me question, well, question everything. I mean, I, I went through, you know, a, a, even a, a suicidal period, wow. you know, cause I was super duper Christian and very, very conflicted oh, about God. Yeah. You know, these feelings I was having. And, um, and, uh, but in retrospect, I see the whole experience as a blessing because I was sort of dissecting culture at a very young age and right. just looking at things with a more a more of an observer's gaze than someone who is participating in a system that's expected of them and it's the way that it's always been and so you just do it and you don't think about it, you know. And, and I'm sure if I had been born a girl and I was pretty, like I wanted to be when I was a little kid, like I wished I was, uh, I would have been <laughs> like uh, the worst, you know, I probably would have been totally entitled and oblivious. So, um, so it's a good thing things turned out the way they did. Oh my God. And you can feel free to hang up on me, punch me in the face, curse me out. But I... <laughs> Because I do not mean to insult in any way. No, I just, no, no, I, no. I, I, I feel the question you're going to ask yeah, right? already. So go ahead. Well, yeah. And uh, fucking whatever. Because I'm not good at asking questions. No, 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 no. Please. But that's something that is like, does that really, does it, does it fill you with any sort of animosity or m- hatred might be a too strong of a word, but the fact that you're like, I wish, and I don't want to say you wish that you were a girl, but I did. Uh, yeah, I, right? I used to wish it when I was in probably, when I was probably in third, fourth grade, I remember there were times when I would wish it, I would pray for it. I would pray that God would let me wake up the next morning and be a girl because I could feel these feelings Jesus. coming up in me that were like, Oh no, like this is this, th- these, this is how girls are supposed to feel, you know? And, and were um, was it the feelings of like, and again, man, the feel feelings free to of tell being me the, interested in men in romantically. Sex? Okay. 
but like also just interests wise like i just uh, wasn't into what boys my age were into i was into what the girls my age were into and um like the same tv shows and toys and everything was very um i mean pretty girl oriented when i was when i was little and you know it's it's interesting cuz i wonder in another life, if I had been born later, if I would have ended up being trans, which, um, which is because I don't, I don't feel like I am trans or like I will become trans in the future, but I mean, shit, who knows? Um, (laughs) especially (laughs) if if Biden or Bernie gets elected and that's surgery, Wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> if the surgery gets covered, like that's something. Oh, like you could just get it for yeah, free. Yeah, right? Like fucking universal healthcare. And all of a sudden people are like, you know what? I've had this I inkling, am right? done with this penis. It's no. so over it. No, I, um, I, I don't, I don't feel that way. And I definitely, um, have had a long road of kind of discovering myself as a man. And, um, but really enjoy that identity now as well. But I think the whole thing has just made me realize that identity is just so fluid and that uh, we should all find ways to make it work for us more and maybe, maybe be uh, a little less rigid with the concept for ourselves as well, because it's like, you know, I mean, I'm honest, uh, much like my theory on the Muppets, Candy Shell was the product of an acid trip on Halloween. Was she really? She really was. Me and um, three other friends, actually a whole crew of people decided to do drag for the first time, but there were four of us that all dropped acid at the same time and then ended up being in the Dallas, like um, uh, like the gay part of town Halloween parade that they would have every year. And and suddenly we were walking in the parade and uh, and making up these songs. And then that night we're like, drag band like i've never really heard of that before we should totally start a drag band and so we did um we started she dick and uh <laughs> female private detectives was our disclaimer for that but she dick became really popular in dallas and not in the gay uh not in the gay scene in like the in the live music scene and um Cause I mean, I think when we would like perform in gay places, like we weren't actually very good drag Queens. Like we weren't like, I didn't have any of the skills that I have now, like all these illusion makeup skills. We just had like, you know, face and fake eyelashes and wigs on and we probably looked a lot more like cross-dressers but I think that was also part of our appeal because we were called she dick and we were like these I think another thing that probably set us apart was that we, in the beginning, it was me, my boyfriend, Peter, and another friend of ours, Blake. And we were all the kind of gay guys in Dallas that fit 
the ideal. You know what I mean? Like we I were like so in shape think- and smart and going out and whatever. And yet we were still choosing to do this counterculture drag mm-hmm. thing. Like we could fit, but we opted to say, fuck you. And to be weird instead. God, that makes more sense. Cause when you said at first, I, that's so hard. And honestly, when you said the gay scene in Dallas, I'm like, I went to full metal jacket, not to be offensive. I only know two things in Texas boy. And that's queers and steers. And you (laughs) don't look like no cow to me, son. And you're like, I thought that was the mentality in Dallas where they just beat or oppressed that sort of expression. So um, like that, that's, that's, Interesting for Dallas me to hear. Dallas is, is actually not that bad. I think um, the bigger cities in Texas, Dallas, Houston, Austin. Okay. You're, you're pretty much, you're pretty much in the clear there. It's just once a population gets to be a certain size, it's kind of like you're going to have a gay neighborhood and you just have to <laughs> deal with it. And the minorities. Those, uh, or those you don't people. have a gay neighborhood and they're just totally infused into the city, you know? Uh, right. But um, but yeah, Dallas Dallas really wasn't that bad, and I and I actually never felt in danger or anything. But we were also like a total anomaly too. We were not, we weren't drag queens like in the scene, which was cool because when we worked with drag queens, there was no like cattiness or any of that kind of stuff. Can you help and, me? And I'm sorry to interrupt. Can you help me understand? the difference due to my ignorance of cross dresser and drag queen. Cause uh, I, I, yeah. I would, I would honestly say one and the same. And now it I feel like you've my exposed pleasure to make this distinction for you. <laughs> um, so believe it or not, a cross dresser is usually a straight man who uh, likes dressing up as a woman. Um, but unlike a drag queen who is, I mean, well, now we're living in this post drag mainstream era where like right. women and, and straight men and everybody's like trying out being a drag queen, yeah. which is amazing. I could not dream of anything better, but traditionally a drag queen is a gay man who has probably his whole life been just a little too swishy to uh to cut it like as a a butch man like a like even if you're gay like there are lots of gay men who just blend you know right. they but there are certain there's certain gay men who just can't blend as much as they try they just can't do it and because so, they say um, their vows like that <laughs> I mean, sometimes they do. And, you know, like, it's funny because, like, even that lispy thing, it right? really does happen. I mean, it it's, does, it's a stereotype, dude. but it really does happen. Dude. And it's, it's um, and it's unfortunate because, uh, I mean, it's not, it's whatever. But for me, it was hard. It was, it was, it was tough growing up having people, like, hate you for the way that you said words. Oh, so um, early on for you. And again, it's funny how we like spiral back. So early on when we were talking about flamboyant, you did have, was it a lisp or was it more a vowel thing? Or what was your like, uh, is this deciding I, I was, 
What were I your peacock a, I didn't feathers? Have a, I didn't have a lisp, and I <laughs> talked real country, just like everybody from Wichita Falls. And, um, but I was, and uh, I was not uh, masculine at all growing up. I was very probably girly. In fact, I think yeah. when I was really little, um, and my mom let my hair grow out, like you probably would have thought I was a girl. Oh, wow. And, um, so yeah, I think I was just really soft, like really just, I always drew, I was very quiet, but then also like very, I don't know. I don't even know how to like think about myself in the third person like that. Yeah, like, right? no, it's hard didn't, to remove yourself. Why didn't people like me? Like, what, what was it that right. I did that was so offensive? Yeah, because it's I, not like you were going around being an asshole or a dick to people. Like, I'm sure no. you were very conscientious and like actually caring. <laughs> and, and that's like, probably empathetic. the reason that I didn't get beat up, maybe, was because I was content to be a shadow. Mm. Until I wasn't anymore. And and that was like in like uh, midway through high school when I made a good friend and then kind of found a group and I got into choir. And then I started building my confidence and then I started working right. out and that kind of changed everything again. And can uh, I so this is and it, it's kind of funny. So we were talking off air. I, I live very near to Rehoboth, Delaware, which is the gay summer capital of the East coast. And I thought it was on a sign of theirs, although I can't find it. Um, but I feel like <laughs> it, it's, it's very well known. And I had a moment in my life. So I grow up typical, whatever, like fake masculine. And you're like, Oh, gay guys are soft. You could kick any gay guy's ass, you know, like you just right. fucking. And then I was out with my roommate, another roommate. So I told you I lived with, um, a biracial gay couple, but they rented right. out two rooms to me and to another girl. So there were okay. four of us living in a home. We all worked in restaurants. Um, she had a boyfriend at the time. So all we right. go out to eat and the boyfriend comes back from the bar and he's like, yo, bro, bro, bro. And he's fucking whatever, 22. I think I'm like 18 at this time, 19. I'm still a skinny ass bitch. Like I'm fucking 135, but I'm totally thinking like I'm tougher than I am, you know? Okay. And he's like, bro, 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 I might need you. I might need you. And I'm like, what do you mean? We're at a gay restaurant because we went out with our roommates. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, what, what, what do you need me for? He's like, if someone went down to bar, I'm not trying to say anything. I'm just saying if they come at me, man, help me out. And I'm like, dude, they're gay. What are you talking about? Let's whip their ass. No, no, no. Wait for it. Wait for it. And this is where my realization came. He was like, the fuck's wrong with you, man? Yeah, they may be gay do you not get they're still men? They fucking work out, dude. I'm going to need your help. And I was like, Oh shit. Like that's, that's something again, going back to that, like whatever nineties, 2000 pre media, getting into everything bias when you don't know, it's very easy to just think of like homosexuals as quote unquote, like pansies. And then you start looking or you start getting to know people and you're like, most of y'all could kick my ass because you really <laughs> fucking like, like y'all really take care of yourselves. You eat well, yeah. you fucking work out all the time. You know, you're into cardio. Like I'm not going to, 
if shit goes down, I actually want you on my side. Right. It was one of those realizations, which I, when you say working out, that's where my mind immediately goes as I was growing up. It's like, yeah, that's something. It's amazing how much working out can give you confidence in general. But as a gay man, you almost need that so that dudes, ignorant dudes, right, don't fuck with you. You know, right. it's an added kind of layer of protection exactly. and, and not it's like shell. not necessarily literal protection, yeah. but just like, it's the thing that when you're on the street, like people see you and they're like, yeah, if you're fucking cut up, man, you're less likely to get fucked with. Right. Yeah. No. And, but at, it's kind of sad, but at the same time, it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. Like I just picture, I, I remember the fear in this guy's eyes and like, that's literally the realization <laughs> for me where, and it was like a cold water to the face. I'm like, holy shit. Like, you're right. Like gay dudes aren't pansies. They could fuck me up. Like, just cause you're gay doesn't mean you can't fight or you're not strong or you're not masculine, you know? And it was a weird realization for me developing into my adulthood. Yeah. You're so nice. You're just saying, yeah, I just hijacked that whole conversation. No, no, no. But I hadn't thought about that memory for forever till you said that about you being in high school and you being like, I get into choir. I find some strength. I start working out. I find some more strength. And it's awesome. It's awesome that you're conflicted for most of your life. And then all of a sudden you can like find strength, man, because who wants to fucking feel weak their whole life? You know, right? like you're in a terrible place if you're feeling that way. Well, and I think even still, like, I'm still going through that, you know, Seriously? where, well, sure. I mean, I think, you know, our, our lives are just concentric circles of the same issue over and over, just <laughs> looked at from different <laughs> points of view. <laughs> but That's a pretty good point. Uh, but I, I think I'm still, so, okay. So just to, to kind of take you through the chronology. So uh, I was in She-Dick in uh, Dallas, and we had a bunch of fun doing that. And we wrote original songs. Now, this whole time, I'm still writing songs as Dan Paul and kind of building that catalog of music. And that music is very kind of... Uh, heartfelt it's very vulnerable it's very real and i think it's 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 been the frustration for me that the thing that i that i really want to do with all my heart that i've just like decided that this is the thing i want to do is like also forces me to be very vulnerable in uh in a way that you know, you might be singing your heart out on some stage about, you know, something that happened to you and people are like, you know, smoking their cigarettes and playing on their phone or whatever. It's like, um, it's, and not to say that's not the reason that I'm not pursuing Dan Paul, but I think it was candy just came so easily and everybody loved candy and but but doing candy also made me uh it 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 butted up against a a lot of different issues that i had about my masculinity my femininity my everything that had happened to me growing up uh you know 
all and, that stuff. And I'm assuming and, the Dan Paul music kind of hit on that when you're talking about being vulnerable. Like those are what most of the lyrics were about or most of your songs. Yeah, but I was also very much a man in that in that realm too. Like oh. it was all about this 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 I mean, not that not that the songs are like, I'm a man. Um, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna sing a manly song now. Big dicks. Just ride in on Harleys and shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, not at all. No, no, no. They're very like, they're all about sad songs about love lost and yada, yada, yada. Just, but, um, but I'm very, I'm very proud of that work, and I don't feel like that work is done with me yet either, because it is so, so real to me. But candy has always been this thing that I've, I've kept on the side, but that has always felt like this thing that came naturally, like a gift from God, basically. That's mm. like, hey, use me. I work. I'm like a magical key that opens doors, and everybody <laughs> loves it. So why aren't you opening doors with this key? And so, um, so then something happened to me that ended my time in New York. Um, it was a little bit after I had met my, uh, my now husband, but, um, I like everything about my New York life started falling apart. The club where I did the, um, where I was a go-go boy closed and, um, and all this was not working out anymore and this and this. And then, and finally I was like, Oh crap. Like I'm like 35 years old and I have no idea what I'm doing with my life right now. And, um, and so then I was a dog walker, by the way. That was <laughs> also what I did. What a great um, side job. That was like that was a constant through all my time in New York. But uh then I got a not a brain tumor, but I had something happen to me where I had to have a part of my skull removed. Oh shit. So my whole I have this uh, or I I I was diagnosed with this very rare condition called Langerhans cell histiocytosis. And it's kind of like cancer, but a little less deadly. Um, this kind of sounds like a, like a tagline for this disease, <laughs> kind of like cancer, but a little less deadly. Um, but it's, uh, this is the cancer you want. No, I'm sorry. I can't sing at all. <laughs> this is the cancer you want. <laughs> oh my God. Um, We're going I down. did not want it and it totally yeah. halted my entire life. So I had to go through this, uh, just this, this very insane time where first of all, I didn't know what was happening and I was getting these MRIs and I was running around all these doctors and I, I, uh, how are you feeling? I, like, do you have the energy that you normally had? Cause dude, to be this much of a performer, that's fucking energy on energy on energy. What, what do you mean? What, well, what's what, energy? No energy to just be a singer, be a performer to do what you were even a fucking dog walker, man. Like you've got to have some good energy to I go out and do all these jobs. Energy. So I when you get diagnosed with this, are you, is it a, Affecting your energy or does it feel oh, weird because I mean, you're like, I, I feel fine, but you're telling me something's wrong? Well, it was, 
Okay, so the way that I found out that I had it was I, and it was actually the night after a show, um, went back to Joseph's place and spent the night and woke up the next day and it felt like I had a bruise on my forehead. Like that something had hit me in the night and somehow I didn't wake up, but that I just had this really sensitive surface bruise. And, and it was just very isolated, just like right, right up on my forehead, kind of close to the hairline over on the left side. And I, um, but the thing was that sensation uh, stayed the same for like two weeks solid. Oh yeah. And there was nothing to see, you know, like there was no bruise, there was no mark, there was no anything. Huh. I went and saw a couple doctors and then one, and then I was actually moving out of my apartment in Bushwick to Joseph's apartment in Williamsburg. And, um, and I passed a mirror and the left side of my forehead was all strangely puffy Hmm. and I went to the ER I got an MRI that's how I found out there was an abnormality in my skull um and it was getting real close to my brain like it was like all the way through the bone and (laughs) so long story short I got hooked up pure pure divine intervention here with like a um this like amazing neurosurgeon at Cornell Um, and he was like, you know, we could take a biopsy, but I'd rather just take this thing out. If it's what I think it is, um, times of the essence and let's just get it out of there. And so we did. And I have a, uh, titanium patch in my skull. And, (laughs) and so basically it had literally started seeping into the skull. It had gone, it was in the bone. It was a bone thing. And it was like the bone in this one spot was a completely different color on the MRI than everything else. And so it was like, "Mm, oh, this ain't right. And so, um, so yeah, they removed it. Fortunately for people with this condition, when it originates in the skull, um, it usually doesn't reappear in the body's other systems. So I'm, 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 but I get, you know, I get scans done. I actually just got a scan done and, um, but all is well. And, um, but, but that experience one just sort of destroyed my, uh, my life in New York. It was like, cause I couldn't do anything. I had to just, I had to have this surgery and recuperate. And before I that say. I had to like do all the stuff that I had to do to like even get myself in the position to have the surgery. And so that happened. Then my husband gets this offer kind of out of left field to come teach at this amazing school in Honolulu. He's like, no way. Hawaii's not on either one of our radars. I mean, we love it, but neither one of us, I mean, I'm just not one of those people who's like, picture your favorite spot. And it's like on a beach with palm trees. That's cool. You're like the bottom 5%, dude. That's fucking everybody. (laughs) Especially now. What the hell? (laughs) Damn. What the fuck? Um, I like it and all. It's great. It's just, (laughs) it wasn't my, it it wasn't my dream. I wasn't like, oh, Hawaii. And, um, but it is incredible. And I know that um, I was led here by, you know, 
by sweet Jesus and uh, <laughs> led me here by the hand and actually forced me here with a brain surgery. But, um, but yeah, it was kind of like I had nothing else going on. This opportunity popped up. It was like an offer you can't refuse where they're like going to pay your rent for a while. Right. It was like, okay, let's do it. And so we packed up everything and then we got married really fast. And then we Can moved. I ask why get married really fast? Oh, well, we had already decided we wanted to get married. Um, but like – Actually, when we had been dating for exactly one year, it was like the anniversary of our meeting. Um, we were like sitting at brunch and basically Joseph brought it up. And I was like, so wait, is this like a hypothetical or are you asking me? And he's like, <laughs> oh, I guess I'm kind of asking you. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Joseph, and so, with the chicken shit, with the chicken shit proposal. Sorry, Joseph. That's <laughs> I apologize, Joseph. Nothing but love. but um but yeah then we were just like well if we wait you know then we're gonna get married in hawaii and nobody's gonna be able to come Uh, okay we planned it in like a month with joseph's parents and ended up having it in their backyard and um and it was amazing and magical and it was so cool and then um we jettisoned here to the Pacific and um, started our life here. And I taught high school art for a year. (laughs) But then Candy was just like, no, I cannot stay in the closet. Plus, I'm so fucking bored here. We only had one car and Joseph was working. So I was just always here in this suburb that we live in. And, um, And I just, I needed something. And so I, for no reason, I don't think there was any impetus. And it was like in the daytime, dressed as candy and went to this bar, Hula's, um, in Waikiki. And with like a few of our friends, all of whom were straight, two, two other couples. And, um, and as a result of me doing that, the woman who did the promotions for Hula's ended up seeing um, the, a tagged photo that I had posted, um, and then reached out to me. Things happened. Other things happened. Yada, yada, yada. I now, don't like when you skip over the details. Cause I feel like those are the best, but I understand. But now, uh, five years later, I, uh, I do the marketing for Hula's. Oh no. I, and, and Candy Shell has, was, until you know the until the pandemic like their queen she was like she was queen. like the main queen at queen B. and so um so yeah just like a and and you know and plus she's got like her public access tv show and she's doing all these things with other uh other creatives around the island and um it's it's uh i finally i guess surrendered in a way and allowed candy to come into the foreground and be taken more seriously. And plus I wasn't in a group anymore. I wasn't Mm -hmm. in a show troupe. I wasn't in she Dick. I wasn't Portia and Jolene. It was just me. And um, so it was like the first time for me to like kind of give her that space 
and and really take her seriously, I guess. And um and she has done the best with every opportunity that's been thrown at her, even though I'm terribly disorganized and uh, you know, like I don't know how how easy I make it for her, but she keeps showing up and um and good things keep happening. Dude, um, but but I do wonder though if eventually my ultimate my ultimate success depends on me allowing my Dan Paul world of music and serious stuff and writing and yada 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 to blend with yes. my other self. That's you exactly know. where my mind was going. It, it's like you know me, Dan. I was <laughs> no, but. Seriously, that must be such a con and again, conflict's the wrong word. Feel free to correct it. But to me, it would be a very hard internal struggle where you have this propensity to be candy. You're finding success. You're doing all this creative shit. And it's fucking and like, dude, it's it's entertaining as hell. And you mm-hmm. want to be entertaining, you want to be a performer. But I'm really wondering what's the conflict like with the Dan Paul should I call him a super sensitive performer compared to sure. Candy? Sure, yeah. Emotional? Very real, very, right? yeah. Like, how are very... you balancing? Do you just drink doers all night or Mai Tais? <laughs> well, Would it be Mai Tais on the island? <laughs> what's funny is I haven't been doing my music during this time that I've been doing Candy. Um, it, and... And I think that's what I mean about having these distinctions in my life. And and I guess maybe just chapters where I'm like, okay, I'm going to spend some time devoting my life to this persona right now. And then I have to put that down if I'm going to devote that same kind of attention to something else. Is it um, fulfilling? And I don't mean it, that in some judgmental way. Not at all. No, 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 no. I think I think it's a really good question. Um, is it fulfilling in terms of candy? Well, that's where my mind goes. Like it, it's so hard for me to get the. Again, not not to say you're schizophrenic or anything like that, but dual person, not even dual personality. I feel like anything I'm going to call it is going to be super offensive and I don't mean to I'm be. Not, I'm not going to get offended. Okay, but like, so <laughs> the jealousy aspect of Dan versus Candy, and maybe I've mm. watched too much like Jerry Springer, but I feel like that would almost weigh on me if Dan was kind of the original artist taking all these risks going to New York and then Candy's the one by happen chance that finds success in Hawaii, or is it more like Dan is contributing to Candy's success because we have these skills. We've developed these skills. Candy is utilizing them for a need, but right. we feel merged in our creative adventures you know it's funny because i've never even thought about uh jealousy oh my god i'm not trying to break you up i'm not trying to break you up (laughs) i swear not trying to put a rift in the band (laughs) um (laughs) but but maybe there is a little bit of that there however i also feel like uh you know 
in terms of me writing those songs that, and I feel like I haven't written all my serious songs yet, but um, my second album was really uh, like, it was like my time in New York. Like it was basically that whole chapter and uh, getting to record those songs in a studio and work on them. Had to feel um, great. At, at, feels official. It has to feel super official. It was like, it, it was something that I really, really wanted. And, you know, people even wrote up about the album, like some, you know, some, some rags in New York. Um, and, and I even was nominated for a couple of out music awards. And, but then, <laughs> but then kind of in this funny, like avalanche of circumstances, the out music awards ceremony ended up falling apart because of some shady things that were going on behind the scenes. Then, then the brain tumor thing, not a brain tumor, but you know what I mean? Um, and it just all just sort of crumbled and, and humbled me. Mm. And until I was like, okay, well I'll just take whatever life throws my way. Cause I have no idea what's going on now. Cause your spirit in essence seems like it just wants to perform. Yeah. Yeah, right? definitely. Regardless and, and, of the form of the performance, that might be right. another dad joke. I don't know if it was, or it might have been profound. <laughs> I, I don't think know it if was it was pretty pro- profound. Was it? Like I felt, I felt it, but then I was like, do I leave it out there, or do I make fun of myself at the same time, so that in case it's kind of, eh. but no, that that's like a, yeah, right. Like, how do you want to perform, right? Like, okay, well, I at the essence do I care about the form of the performing or do I just want to perform? I think that, um, candy allows me to perform in a way that, you know, I started writing music because I connected with some really sensitive type music in late high school that just really, um, turned me on to writing poetry and all this stuff. And then, um, and and was the reason that I wanted to make music originally, but then candy, I feel like is, is older than that desire. She goes way back to Miss Piggy and me being like three years old, dancing and singing in front of the mirror. Right. And, I think that so in a way Candy's actually the the older personality cuz she's she has been uh gestating <laughs> for so long she's like little bits of my mom and Miss Piggy and uh the little mermaid and you know just all these all these kind of like female uh Almost like idols, like they're almost yeah. musical idols that I would, I would feel pretty comfortable saying that a lot of performers, it, it's like pop culture. You would just know what they are. Like Miss Piggy is the Madonna of Muppets, right? Right. <laughs> like there's no, like you don't get to say Madonna and someone's like, wait, 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 what do you mean? Like no one does that. <laughs> like, you <laughs> right. can drop Ariel, you can drop Miss Piggy and people are like, oh yeah, I'm with you. I get it. Yeah. You know, I have a reference point. Yeah. Man, dude, that is, that is such a great deep. And 
again, not to stir up conflict, but just because I'm interested, because it seems like they're so stark. Is it fulfilled? And I've only seen, fuck, man, what was the one? It started off with you in a leotard. I'm sorry, Candy in a leotard. And it was like a thigh master thing. And oh. then all of a sudden you <laughs> pop up and you're like rapping as Dan in the same suit that Candy dips out on. What was that fucking yeah. song, dude? What am I thinking of? That is um, that is actually a, a recent video that I made that yes. is just a lip sync to uh, Work From Home by, yes. I think it's the Pussycat Dolls. Yes. And um, yeah, that was a super fun video. Dude, it's fucking shoot. great. Dude, it's fucking great. And like it it took me like five times and I'm like, what's going on? Oh, okay. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> so well done. Like fucking love it. The fact that whatever, Dan, you you're popping up and you're hitting the guy chorus, right? Yeah. But the rap. Yeah. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say chorus, because I know that much about music industry that I don't know the it's difference. Quite all right. <laughs> I'm just I, I guess I'm like I'm kind of wondering again, not to stir up shit or anything. But you seem so sincere with your musical intentions where Candy is all about the entertainment aspect. Mm-hmm. Is there a blend to be found? It, or are we looking at just duets for the rest of your life? Like, how do you work that out? <laughs> you know, I are we think going that, Beyonce, Jay-Z from here on I out, Kanye, that, Kim? <laughs> I think that Candy is actually my kind of like I said earlier, like the, she's my key um, because she opens so many doors and people mm. love her. So I think probably my trajectory is to allow Candy to open those doors for me so that I can show my other selves and, um, and actually not be like just uh, singing into an empty room. You know what I mean? I So I very rarely perform, although I do record several podcasts just for myself. No, I'm kidding. That would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> that, that seems almost like This is my fan fiction podcast. <laughs> I keep them. No one can listen. No, I'm just, that would just be fucking nuts. Um. So it's hard for me to understand that, but I do have people in my life that are performers and I get it from that standpoint of you want the audience, you want the interaction, you want the vibe back. It's almost like a comedian. Like why can't comedians get down with COVID? Well, you need the vibe of the audience. Why can't musicians get down on Zoom? Well, you need the reaction. You need the energy. So mm-hmm. I get it in that sense, if that's what you're talking about. Yes. And, and, you know, and that's, and as a performer, it, it, it's not everything, but it's a lot to get that audience reaction. Oh, it's dude, pretty amazing. I mean, again, I'm a teacher, man. Like there's nothing fucking more fulfilling than when kids are like in the palm Engaged. of your hand. Yeah. yeah and you're totally. and it, it's, it's not like you feel like God, but there's a hubris feeling of like, I can't believe I'm fucking controlling this. You know, like that's a very real feeling and it comes from planning. It comes from practice. It comes from being competent and it's fulfilling. You're like, wow, I've put in all this work and it's accepted. Mm -hmm. Did I catch you right when you said, and I feel like you hinted at a third or fourth 
is, should I call it personality or, or did I not pick that up? Right? <laughs> no, I mean, that's okay. I'm, I'm good with that. Although, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, um, if Candy is a personality, if she can only sustain for like limited amounts of time, I think she's, she's, she's a persona. She's a character. Um, and I do, and there definitely are other characters in there, but nobody who is, uh, as developed as Candy. Gosh, she's, yeah. she's definitely like, you know, she's my Miss Piggy. She's like, <laughs> what happened to Portia man I never got to ask you that and I actually intended a fucking hour ago 70 minutes uh, ago Portia and Jolene yes what what where did you because Portia was yours correct or am I wrong Jesse was Portia and I was Jolene I apologize I apologize tell me about how Jolene did Jolene transform into candy or are they completely separate they were like totally different personality types jolene was so um so if you remember both portia and jolene had these kind of mullet looking wigs they they just look like you know bad (laughs) southern hair and um and one is like maroon and one is white and mine was the maroon one and i was jolene and i'm like the more kind of aggressive uh still very much like trying to be a star uh like handy but even more aggressively so and kind of <laughs> borderline ab- borderline abusive to Portia oh wow so <laughs> <laughs> Portia was like she had these like big glasses and she was very uh she's very mousy like that was her character and cuz she like played the played the keys you know and she was like She's like, well, Jolene, I don't know. I don't know. And Jolene's like, come on, Portia, let's do this. Um, so, yeah, they just definitely a very different energy from Candy. Uh, not the not the same bright shininess of Candy Shell. How did you discover or how did you is, – is, and, again, I feel like I'm, I'm being insensitive when I say transition. I don't mean to be punny in any way. No, you're, but you're fine. How do you – how do you go from Jolene, which seems way more masculine, butch or whatever to candy? Uh, uh, like, do you have a burial ceremony like they do in new Orleans? Like you play music (laughs) and you're like, goodbye Jolene until the next time we meet. Because Jolene just went away and she never came back. But but there was also, but there was also a long period of time too, between Portia and Jolene Ah. and, uh, and candy. Because there was, there was like a, a big swath of time where I didn't do any drag um, during my just, time in Dallas. And you. so. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, I didn't mean know. to cut I, you off. I'm, I'm terrible. No, no, at, in, I'm terrible at interpreting not even silences, just opportunities to interject. And I'm sorry, but that's interesting. Cause I actually thought it was going to be more like the Dan time of the music that ended Jolene. Hmm. That's where my mind went. Yeah, it's funny. I was actually in a band at the same time as Portia and Jolene. And then the band split up like a not, not, not Sheetic, like a, a other, not a drag band and um, called Kismet. 
and uh and we split up and then i think actually jesse and i didn't live together anymore and that was kind of the end of portia and jolene jesse is now a nurse in philadelphia so it was one of those things where jolene needed portia portia needed jolene like a bridge what was it they were they were definitely a duo there was no there was no separating those two they they work as in tandem isn't that amazing that you can have these and dude, and I, and not on the same level as you, but so as a teacher, and I don't know if your husband does this, but I co-teach a lot in my mm-hmm. role and yeah. I vibe with some people and we take on characters. Like it, it's, it's funny cause the kids respond to it. Like we were talking about, like having them eat out of the palm of your hands. Like mm-hmm. they vibe with, Oh, you're the dude with snarky comments or you're the dude that mm-hmm. just says stupid things that makes us think, no, that makes no sense. You're stupid. And the reason I want to be stupid is to make you think kind of a thing, or I'm the disciplinarian or I'm the snuggle. Like it's okay. Warm one. Right. And people fall into these roles. And if you remove one, element or person the other, it doesn't work anymore it doesn't and that's amazing that that mm-hmm. kind of organically happened with you it kind of reminds me of uh steven universe do you know it i do not so it's this cartoon on cartoon network it's now i think officially like done i don't even know if there are any more episodes of it but um it's so so good and you should <laughs> definitely take this advantage uh take, take this advantage take advantage of this quarantine to watch some cartoons but it's um it's got some very different themes cuz cartoons generally always have the same themes they're so good right yes and um and i felt like steven universe introduced some new ones kind of like for the new age that we're living in. Okay. And, but one of the things that happens in, in this show is there are these, these aliens who come to earth who are the crystal gems and they can, they have the ability to combine into another person. So like this crystal gem will have these qualities. This crystal gem will have these qualities then they combine into one person and it's sort of like symbolic of being in a relationship, you know, but then that becomes a third other person who's like a fusion of both of them. Okay. And it's sort of like, that's, that's what happens, you know, just for instance, with these situations, like with Portia and Jolene or with you co-teaching with a, somebody you have really good chemistry with, it's like you become this third person when you're together Dude, I've I've I don't know why I went here, but I've got to ask, who do you dream as? <laughs> um I mean Or do you I, just drink too much and you don't dream at all? You just pass out. No, no, no. no I'm I, just kidding. I, I, I mean, I guess I always dream as me, but I definitely have had dreams with a lot of drag content in them you know where you're like suddenly in this show and you're supposed to know all the words and stuff and you've never even been there before oh, and God. you know like that's gotta uh, be fucking frightening <laughs> stuff like that but um uh, yeah i don't know I, I i don't i definitely don't dream as candy which again kind of tells me that she's not 
as much a personality as a persona. Right. But, but I definitely do feel like when I get into candy mode, it really runs on autopilot. Like there's, and, and in fact, I, I will feel myself being surprised at things that are coming out of my mouth. Isn't like I can, feel, awesome? I, I can feel me in the back seat being like, oh my, you know, while I'm saying something. Also, um, that's funny. Uh, my only out-of-body experience that I've ever had was actually during a Portia and Jolene show. And I was like singing, walking up and down the stage. And suddenly I realized that I was looking at the stage and myself Stop. from like up around the rafters. And like the second that I, the second that I realized what was happening, I just like was instantly kind of sucked back into myself. But, and I was singing the whole time. It was like, and it left me feeling like, okay, so who was singing while I was up there? Like who was still down there, like doing the show while I was watching? So, um, so yeah, I guess (laughs) We've got parts of us that can run on auto while other parts of us go do other things. Dude, the brain's a funny fucking thing, man. It's pretty amazing. I I remember, again, not to make it about me, but I guess I've made it about me a couple times with multiple stories. Because at our original conversation, now I feel like I have to share stories about myself to, I I don't know, help you to share or something? Because whatever, you had been like, I know nothing about you. So- I got paid by my district to take Rosetta Stone for uh-huh. a while, right? Like if I completed lessons, I would make, um, it was like 200 bucks for whatever units kind of a thing. Oh, hell yeah. You had like so many units and I was like, sign me the fuck up. Right. Dude, I, so I'm banging through those things. I'm talking like hour and a half a night, seven nights a week for fucking months. Mm-hmm. I started. What dreaming. were you learning? Just basic Spanish. Oh, Spanish. Yeah. Started dreaming in Spanish, man. Yeah, my Start, mom did that. Do you know, because you're like subconscious level. I, I, I don't know what it was, but you're just inundating your brain. And then I guess if your brain's like decompressing or putting things where it's supposed to be. And that's part of what I've been so interested in is you artistically seem to have like Robert Frost, the path least taken. Is that the poem? The, the path less taken, yeah. Okay, less taken, not least taken. I think. I'm, I'm going to go with you because I feel like you're way more cultured. So it, it seems like your brain has these three channels, four channels that it could go through. And like every night when you go to bed, it's like, what path do we take tonight? <laughs> what path do we calm down? What path do we reflect on? Where do we put our energy? And that's so interesting to me that all that can be going on in your brain, it must be like exhausting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it just <laughs> runs in the background. <laughs> I, I feel love, like... I love the humble brag at that point. You're like, you know what, Sean? Your brain just isn't up to my level. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think I also have a thing, um, probably also a result of feeling very much on an outsider. And so everything really becomes more about your experience rather than um, other people's expectations of you. And so so when you really start to base things on how you feel, then you start discovering what's 
what's really, really important. And like, for me, it's really important that I, uh, that I feel good. I know it sounds so stupid, no, but like, true. um, but that that kind of takes priority right over everything else. If I don't have mental health then you know, I don't have much. And so, um, so yeah, I guess just finding, uh, finding ways to be calm or finding ways to just like enjoy life, like the little things, you know, yeah. that, um, no, are- so that, and so I'm that sorry. I can like go and be like a crazy other person right. when it's, when the time comes. Are you much of a hip hop fan at all? I love hip hop. I'm not like, I don't feel like I'm like a fan that would like know a lot of stuff. I'm I don't the... know if I'm a fan of anything where I know a lot of stuff. Oh my. You're just, you're just, <laughs> just a mile I, wide I'm, and an inch I'm deep. Like, I'm very much like the Renaissance man type person who like, I just know enough of each thing to like allow me to get to the next thing. It's like, I just know enough music production to allow me to make the song and then make a video. And I know just enough video production to allow me to make the video. Right. I just, I just want to make shit. Right. Well, when you were saying that, I took it as this, house of pain, I'm the cream of the crop, I rise to the top, I never eat a pig because a pig is a cop. I love it. So when you're saying- It is familiar. Oh, and also it's the road not taken. Road not BTW. taken. Thank you. What did I say? Road least taken? Something, I don't yeah, know. And you we would don't think, have to focus you, on that. Yeah, you would think like I hadn't fucking taught that thing 20 times. But regardless- <laughs> Um, what, it's the road one. It's yeah, like you know, um, frost, and it's got like five syllables, and the motherfucker's <laughs> real confused. And you're like, I don't get it. This is the path least trodden. What's the purpose? <laughs> How is this an it's issue? It's my favorite poem. It's called This Old Road, exactly. and uh, and Michael Landon starred in it. It's by it's by <laughs> Michael Frost. Um, <laughs> there were three children. The wolves come out. one day i'm gonna get public education folks no doubt we need to put it well i mean if you're on public television right it's it's the same thing (laughs) no i'm i'm not even public television i'm public access public access i'm sorry but dude what i was thinking is it's interesting when you let your brain turn off the reason i brought up cream of the crop is It's interesting if people allow themselves to get to the point where their true selves get to rise up over whatever it is they feel they need to be versus embracing Mm -hmm. what they want to be. And that's a real tear. And I guess that might be what I was getting back to when I kept feeling awkward about like, I'm not trying to be like a jerk or I'm not trying to like be conflictive, but it's to me super interesting that you can embrace this dude, I feel it. I'm rolling versus I feel like I need to conform. Where's my shirt? Where's my button up with a blazer? My, my, my chinos I need to. And you're like, nah, man. Like when I have these moments, this is what comes up and I embrace it. And I feel that's liberating. Like that is what mental health is all about, right? Like, what do you want? Embrace it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why drag is so often and i mean so often that's why it's so often um well for me it that's is that's why I keep going <laughs> drag is so often <laughs> it's 
something. Um, no, but it's it's so awesome. That's what I was trying to say. Oh. And something that I recommend to everyone is that you put on a damn wig. And the reason for that is, is because it, no matter who you are, man, woman, boy, girl, somewhere in the middle, um, straight, gay, like you, when you look in the mirror and you don't recognize who you see, it allows you suddenly to just be like, well, okay, who is this person? And then just to let that start acting for a while. And, um, and it's, and you just, you really never know what is going to come out when somebody like dresses up for the first time, because often it's like something that seems totally opposite to the person that you know. And, um, and I think that it, it definitely allows people to, it's like, oh, well, who would I be if I didn't have all of my biases and, and constraints, uh, sociological constraints, man. Mm-hmm. What if I was a totally different person? What would I be like? Man. And, um, and you're, st- and the, and the thing that you realize is that you're still you. I mean, candy shell is obviously me. Um, even though I really, I like to say that she's not, my husband always likes to, reel me in a little bit on that one he's like okay it is you all right Sybil and um but it, no it hall is, pass what's that no hall pass <laughs> no I feel like that's why that's why he's here he's here to like uh, keep me on planet earth damn it um but uh but yeah, I think that, you know, we all could stand to find out who we are when we are separated from our insecurities and our, um, and our biases. Dude, how many people act different on vacation? Think about it. Oh if yeah. If you went to Cancun, that's, that's if you went to wherever, example. right? Like, I mean, that's exactly where I went. Like, it's like, why aren't what you if you that were person? that person all the time? Right. Why not? Why fucking can't you be? And it's, it's like, and it's like, and then everyone that you work with would like you so much more. Oh my God, and you might like, even get a raise. <laughs> and every, well, everything would just work out better. Yeah. Period. It's, it's even, even if that meant that um, your job is toxic and you end up leaving it because you can't be yourself there. Yes. You know, because it's like, why would you want to go somewhere you're completely unhappy and you can't be So you. many people do every day. Man, and I, it's, and it's just because of what, you know, what we think is expected of us. That's a, man, that's a great point. Dan, Dan, you've given me an hour and a half, which I believe puts us at three <laughs> and a half. And I don't want to steal all of your time. I don't even know what happened to the chicken. Um, <laughs> is the chicken on the stove, but it is, but it's fine. I took it off the heat. Okay. Got it's you. Toby's chicken. So it's, it's fine. <laughs> Toby's my dog, by the way. Oh, dude, you, Stop, man. God, you cook fresh food for your dog? I mean, just for dinner. I like to give him a little chicken with his crunchies. You're amazing. Dan, you're amazing. <laughs> Dan, you're amazing. That's all I'm going to say. Um, you are vacation Dan from here on out. 
Do you mind if I put that on your? I love it. It's like it's like Lieutenant Dan from uh, Forrest Gump. It, it just came to me, but it felt right. Vacation um, Dan. I think I'm gonna throw that into your um your title, <laughs> which I'm assuming you have not read any other titles of any other episodes of nope. what I write for people. Perfect. I'm claiming it. <laughs> Dan, um, do you want to give if anyone actually makes it to three plus hours? Do you want to give one last shout out to how people can get more of your music, Candy's music? Totally. Your, just go for it, man. What? How else yes, can yes, people? Yes, yes, yes. And know? first of all, I want to say, you know, if you have stuck around this long, that uh, I'm sorry that your job sucks this much, or that you have to drive <laughs> this much to get to wherever. But, um, but I'm so glad that you stayed here with us. And uh, if Some you want to find me, I am. Um, on Instagram and TikTok, I am Miss Candy Shell. That's M I S S Candy with an I Shell, like from the ocean. And um, and then you can also find out stuff about me as a man. Uh, I I'm on Instagram as Sir Dan Paul. I also uh, am at SirDanPaul.com and um, also at iTunes.com slash Dan Paul. And, uh, and if you want to listen to my music, it's just Dan space Paul. Awesome. Dan, man, so appreciate you taking the time. I'm so glad we could um, make this happen, man. It was so insightful. I so appreciate your honesty. It was well, thank you. gorgeous getting to know you, dude. It really was, yeah, it was fun. No, no doubt. And um, I know you had said it last time, like two hours. And I never know if people like mean it authentic, like authentically, or if they're just like, I hope you don't fuck me over on the edit. So I'm gonna be real nice <laughs> to you that like time flew by kind of a thing. But maybe that's my insecurities <laughs> coming out. But no, it was fun. It was just like talking on the phone to one of my friends. No, yeah, exactly. Like, it's amazing how um, without judgment. And again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, man. Like, if you're just not going to be a dick to people and actually listen to them, mm-hmm. like it's really easy to talk to people. Yeah. And you're understand. not just going to sit there and get triggered by your own issues. No doubt. And just wait for your chance to talk. No doubt. <laughs> no, yeah. Right. Like, like it's fucking, it's super, at least to me, super interesting to get to hear about people's lives, man. So I so appreciate you being willing to share so much, man. And, um, do it on two separate days. I so appreciate you and your time, Dan. Best of luck to you. Best of luck to candy. Best of luck to what's your dog's name? Toby. Toby. Best of luck to Toby. Don't catch no bones. No bones, Toby. (laughs) Thank you, Dan. Thank you so much, man. It was great chatting with you. It was great getting to know you, Dan. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely, man. Good night. Bye. Fucking huge thanks to Candy Shell and Dan for giving up. Wait, I believe Dan gave up more of his time than Candy Shell did. So maybe we should have started with a huge thanks to Dan. And thank you to Candy Shell for giving up so much of their time and chatting with my comparatively lame creative ass. Really appreciate it, Candy and Dan. Be sure to check out all of Candy's original content. Links will be found in the description. Thanks to AndrePsyche.com for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. 
go to andrepsyche.com for some trippy ass merch that's going to be worth checking out. And if you haven't already, please friend and follow the Getting to Know You Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. The word of the pod is shedickless. Shedickless. Spell it how you want. Shedickless is the word of the pod. I don't honestly even know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> Post that word on any of our social media or tag the Getting to Know You Pod when you post it on yours to get a shout out on the very next podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the Getting to Know You pod on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. And yes, I know, it feels like begging, but we are on Patreon. So go to patreon.com, search up Getting to Know You pod, the number two, the letter U pod, all one word, and $2 a month. That's all it'll take. Subscribe. Support. We'd appreciate it. Finally, if you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of or advertise on the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide-ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your product or business, brand even. All you need to do is message us. Night.